You know it's Wednesday, excuse me, Thursday morning when Chris Sims is watching film right as we start the podcast. Watching the film. Just making sure I make. I want to make our Bears fans happy. I wanted to give a little true bit. So I just had to finish that last drive for the Bears there. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Uh, how you guys doing? How you doing? Happy film pod. Thank you. How are you, you, you? What are you going to say to me? Nice color on your jacket yeah it's a nice jacket you like maroon (laughs) so do i big maroon guy appreciate you might take that from you uh this is our first of the season us doing a deep dive into sims's film notebook this is part of our flow right uh please 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 if you haven't seen it yet check it out on youtube came out last night wednesday night at 8 p.m our second episode of the show we had martellus bennett in studio we had sean mcveigh remembering plays we had uh your favorite interceptor d'angelo hall d hall telling a story about paris hilton and uh david hasselhoff yep. i just say i mean d hall i just wanted to get him picks i wanted to get him paid man i was trying to get good him for money. you you're really i could watch person. you and mcveigh do the plays for hours i i know i would just sit there and just watch it back and forth thanks it's thanks. ridiculous it is uh it is definitely always been one of my strong suits for sure I mean, can a lot of people a little, do that i don't know if a lot can um it's something I've always been able to do. I mean, you could even ask my father when we talk to him here later. He'd probably be able to tell you, like, man, Christopher's always, like, since Had he was place. five years old, he could name it off. Also, most importantly, for the show. For I the mean, show. For the show that comes out last night at 8 o'clock. Yep. Is Wednesday. Martellus Bennett? I mean, he made, it, he made a definitive statement. He said, I have more flavor than Lefka. I mean, that's that was the best part of the show. He said that his handshake had more flavor. Nah, he's talking about me. The total package. The total package, a.k.a. Christopher David Sims, a.k.a. White Chocolate. Woo! You're I would jo- say that I have more flavor than Martellus Bennett. <laughs> Negative, <laughs> Ghost Rider. <laughs> uh, but I do have our lead news story of the day. Before we get into the film I'm like study, so out of the news I have right a now. lot of news, but okay. I have I have a source. He is embedded in the restaurant world. I cannot say his name. Ira. Not him. (laughs) It's not Ira. (laughs) A very big source. He works at a restaurant. Last night, Odell Beckham Jr. was in his restaurant. Wow. And he texts me and he goes, Lefko, guess what Odell Beckham Jr. just ordered to drink? So I'm going to open this up to Chris. You have three guesses. What do you think Odell 1942 ordered? on the rocks. Two it, lines. Incorrect. Okay. Two more guesses. This is for everyone out there. Just think right now before Sims guesses. What do you think Odell ordered to drink? I think to me that this should lead CNN. This should lead ESPN. This should be on the front page of BR. You okay. have two more I, guesses. I went something strong there. Okay. Now I'm going to go with a Mai Tai. Incorrect. Okay. Good guess. It's something like that, though. Maybe. It is. <laughs> One more guess. <laughs> I don't know too many drinks. What did Odell order to drink at a very swanky and expensive restaurant? Moscow Mule. Incorrect. Damn. The correct answer is milk. 
<laughs> Does a body good. <laughs> Odell. Strong bones. Odell is at a very nice Italian restaurant and ordered a glass of That milk. is disgusting. Disgusting. Nothing like milk with spaghetti and bread. <laughs> <laughs> he texted me that my first guess was Shirley Temple. Oh, yeah. Because I thought it was going to be... I thought it was going to be a real drink. I didn't yeah. know. I wasn't even milk. thinking that. Milk. Fucking milk. Oh, old school right there. What did I guess? Margarita? Yeah. I think that was so. my guess. When's the last time you drank a glass of milk? Long cow's milk? Yeah. Cow's milk. Yeah, no, I can't even tell you. Yeah. I, every now Years. and then I do if it. You, I think the last time I did it, someone had Oreos. That's what I mean. And I was like, I'm going to drink the rest of this. And it was really Wait, good. They dipped it and then you drank the no, rest of it? That's no, I disgusting. had my own cup. Okay. I was going to say. Yeah, I like, was like, hey, do you mind if I drink the milk you put your fingertips in? <laughs> well, you did have kind of a chubby cycle. I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> Chris coming out firing uh, to start the Wednesday uh, But that's podcast. the last time I had milk, too. Uh, Numinos, though. Numinos, not Oreos. Numinos. Excuse me? Newman, as in Paul Newman, he has an all-natural Whole, Whole Foods brand that's of Oreos. What you eat? Numinos are great. Ugh. I mean, Oreos, move on with the time. Start making natural Oreos. I mean, come on. Yeah, but the thing is, is if I'm eating an Oreo... Or an Oreo-like cookie. I want the real thing. No, you would Look be how shocked it's spelled. How good it's Newman Dash O. Yeah, Numinos. Yeah. I bet we can get branding from They're them. They're good. Uh, all right, let me go through a little bit of news and stuff before we dive into Sims's notebook here. Uh, first, a few things about Aaron Rodgers. Apparently, people were sharing our zeal. Uh, Mike Zimmer on if he's preparing for Aaron Rodgers to start for the Packers. Quote: Yeah. He walks on water, so I'm sure he's going to play. <laughs> Great quote. I like Zimmer now. I do, too. I've always no, liked I always Zimmer. did, too. Yes. Uh, Xavier Rhodes had an article in the Players' Tribune titled Seven Best Players in the NFC North. Number one, Aaron Rodgers. Here's what he wrote. Uh, just a, a few quotes yeah, that he please. wrote. Yeah, please. I'm very interested he to goes, hear this. You ever see that movie Wanted? The one where they shoot a gun and the bullet curves, and then he tells a story. Yeah. Well, there was this play against the Packers early in my rookie year, first time I played Rodgers. Jordy Nelson in the back of the end zone. I wasn't on him, though. Josh Robinson was. I was underneath. When Rodgers threw it to Jordy, it went right over my head. But right when Rodgers let it go, I knew Jordy was not going to catch it. The trajectory of the ball was off to the right. Then as it passed by my head, I turned around to watch it, and man, I promise you, the ball bent back to the left, barely missing Josh's helmet and into Jordy's hands. I thought to myself, it's over. If this is what the NFL is like, I'm never getting any picks. <laughs> a lot of guys have told me that Aaron Rodgers was a different breed, but now I had a front row seat for it. This guy was out here throwing curveballs. He can do it from the pocket, outside the pocket, left, right, while he's getting tackled. The guy has no weaknesses. He doesn't get frazzled. He's so accurate, always on the money, and the worst part he knows it. Yeah. His demeanor, his swagger. He's so confident in his game that it actually bothers you, and you can't talk trash. You have to respect him because he's one of the best to ever play the game. Yeah, pretty cool. It's always cool to hear guys like that. That's talk what about I'm saying. It. When you hear Zimmer, a defensive coordinator that stopped everybody, right. and Rhodes, who people give him the phrase "Rhodes closed," right. and he shuts down everybody, including Antonio Brown and yeah. Odell Beckham. Right. They just marvel at him and compare him to Jesus and throwing curveballs. That says something. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. I uh, he yeah. I mean, I, the wanted is cool. Yeah, they throw those bullets yeah, around the curves. I feel like I could do that. 
Oh, really? Yeah, I do. If I was a good shoot, I mean, if I shot guns. Yes. yes. Uh, the Raiders are making some <laughs> yes. moves. Well, if you shot guns. Uh, that would probably be the... You, you go into, like, uh, one of those shooting ranges, and you're like, like trying to curve them, like, sir, you're sure, shooting the that's ground. That's not you how You shot works. the person next to you. <laughs> Raiders are bringing back Martavis Bryant. Yeah. On a one-year deal. I mean, we're going to dive into that game. They got to get Amari Cooper the ball. Like they need to focus on getting him the ball. They can't just call plays and think, "Oh, Mark, it's just going to naturally go there." And I'll, I'll say this, okay, just this one little tidbit: Jordy Nelson cannot run like he used to. Of so, I, is I that think. A shock? They, well, it's not a shock. It was a little slower than what I expected. I guess is what oh. I'm saying. To where I don't know if they just you know. They can't have Amari be the go-to guy and the clear-out guy all the time. No, and they, you know they, what I that's mean? what they were saying on the broadcast is they 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 needed Martavis Bryant to take the top off. They to need let another Amari... guy, right? To let Amari be the guy that can benefit from that to a so degree. So we're taking a stand. Get the hell out of here! Yeah. Oh crap! First game, we really need him. Call him back in here. Get <laughs> yeah. him here for a year. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, they're also bringing in Jonathan Hankins. Well, that would be another thing. I haven't got to that side of the ball with my full breakdown yes. yet. But, yeah, I mean, that was a little bit of an issue the other night. I mean, their D-line was an issue? Really? Really? I what? wonder why. What? Do you think Gruden was like, if we call the Bears and say, we're going to give you back all of your picks, can we have Khalil Mack back? <laughs> like, I feel like after the game, he's like, bring back Martavis and call the Bears about Mack. Let's yeah. see if we can get him back Let's over Let's get here. a do-over. I will say this. I did not like what Gruden said about his lead up on Monday about Mac and trying he to say here. he like he obviously didn't want to be here. See, that's my problem with coaches in the NFL right there. That that's like number one what we fight against, right? You know, oh, you're gonna say that? Okay, that's like a bullshit political statement. And I and I'm not trying to attack John Gruden. He's still my guy. I'm just saying I don't. All coaches do this. Like, no. So then I can say you didn't want him because you didn't want to give him a long term deal. And again, the rules are not the same. The coaches never want to coach on a one-year lame duck season. But damn, when it's the players are on that, fuck you and play. And I'm just so sick of that double, like, you know, what am I trying to say? John also has a 10-year contract for $100 million. So he's got long-term security. Guaranteed. They also also apparently have a skunk loose in their locker room right now. Is that right? Yeah, they're like, it smells. At the facility? Or in the stadium? I think it's in the stadium. And they can't, they don't know where it is. Oh, there's a plethora of skunk in there. What do you mean? I mean, that is the, it's a shithole. The Coliseum? The Coliseum is worse than Ramapo High School locker room. When we used to go play there, you'd have to take turns getting changed in your locker. Why? Because if I stayed in my locker and Keyshawn was getting dressed next to me, his ass was on my cheek. It was that close together. Yeah. So you think that there's a number of smelly critters just roaming around what? the Raiders. That place is like, that's a disgrace to professional sports that the Raiders have to play in that. And I say that with all the respect in the world to the Raiders fans and what they are. Because and how cool they're the, awesome. the field is and all that right. stuff. Well, right. They have a baseball stadium. I mean, even my, my little boy oh, watching yeah. the game said? on Monday night. I love Phillip's going, raw reactions. What? Dad. Dad. What? What is that? And I was like, it's the baseball field. That's where the Oakland A's play. Did you ever have to play on that? And I was like, yeah, I had to do that. Miami used to do that, too. I kind of explained to him. I go, it stinks. When you get tackled on that, man, you get lots of cuts. And what did he say? And he just like looks at me and He's like, like, processes, get rid of that. It, processes it. But, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, again, Lionel Messi, Ronaldo's of the world would not be playing soccer on a baseball field. 
Just, just saying. Yeah, I thought like one of the first plays. I mean, Goff under threw the ball, but I think it was like Cooper Cup or so, or Brandon Cooks completely tripped over the infield. It's very the cleats don't go in. You know, though that infield is clay, right? It's so compact. Exactly. So metal baseball spikes go into it. Plastic football spikes do not always go into it's it. It's like running on cement. Exactly right. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Learn Phillip a little bit with a there. great point. Yeah. Just get Philip on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, bring him in. Bring you, him in again. You need him for Philadelphia. Yeah, it's coming up, up soon. Your up ass, your ass, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. All right, I got a few more here before we get into the notebook. Uh, by the way, at the end of the episode, I did an interview with Jerry Rice. A big comparison for Tyreek Hill. Uh, he had some good Gruden stuff. Right. Really funny story since we're talking about the Raiders about Al Davis. Oh, I bet. And he he pretty much was like I said, what, what was something about Al Davis? He goes, well, the first thing is, you knew you were near Al Davis when he was like 200 yards away. He's like, we could smell Old Spice cologne from 200 <laughs> yards away. So yeah. funny interview with Jerry Rice at the end. It is the GOAT, Jerry Rice. Uh, but Bill Belichick really loves to hype up the teams he's playing. Uh. This week's it's Jacksonville. He says, Belichick, Belichick says, Bortles belongs in the same category of mobile quarterbacks as two the Patriots have seen recently, Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton. (laughs) It's not far off. I mean, we did go through a phase of this last year. Remember in the playoff game, I said they need to start using him like Cam Newton. Like, that's his best asset. His best asset is when he sees a lane, he is a big dude, and he can run. I do think they should have... Some designed runs for him in the pro, in the game. He can they handle absolutely. Should. They, he can handle the linebacker one on one and things like that. He yeah. really can. He's got I, a little scoot to him. He definitely does. So to be clear, because yeah. I don't want this to get taken out of context, right. when you say Bill is not far off with the quote, you're just saying they could do some stuff. The like running Cam game. Okay. He is nothing. I mean, Cam, if Cam threw with his left hand and Deshaun yep. Watson threw with his left hand, then I would go. It's okay. very similar. It's you're right. Got it. But when they throw with their right hand, it's, <laughs> it's not. It's a little Sorry. different. Yeah. Uh, uh, one more thing here. I have two more, actually. Uh, Calais Campbell I like these. traded his jersey with Saquon Barkley, mm. and he said, I trade it with him because if he stays healthy, he might one day be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. That's a hell of a statement about Saquon Barkley. I saw him say some of those things. He well, he made another comment, like the first time he hit him, he could tell it was a different type of guy. Didn't he say something I mean, like that? I mean, Calais or? Campbell's one of the all-time monsters of the NFL. Monsters. I mean, again, I'll revisit my first time I walked on a practice field. We were the, I was with the Tennessee Titans and Jeff Fisher, and we were scrimmaging against the Arizona Cardinals. And we walked out on the field, and I did. The, I said the same thing to him. I said to Julius Peppers when I at Texas when I walked in and played North Carolina. I walked on the field. They were kind of doing some D line drills. We had to kind of go by there, and he was taking a rest, and I had to walk right by him. And I went, "Holy shit, you're fucking big!" Like I said it right to him. Like I could not get over. And a sport with I, I mean, we got Albert Hainsworth on the team and all these people. Yeah. Calais Campbell is a giant. So for him to say that about Saquon is like, it just tells you. They, th- those guys know. They can, you know, sometimes you can TV tell doesn't the just hit. the hit, just the little quick movements, the ability to do like we talked those jump cuts. He's seen enough running backs to know, oh, wait, that was just a hair faster than anybody else I've seen do that. Yeah. Uh, so after the pick six for Sam Darnold. I was a little upset yeah. because I was like, oh, no, like my beautiful baby boy. Like, please don't. After the pick six, here are his stats. 16 of 20 for 198, Mm -hmm. two touchdowns, no picks, and a perfect 158.3 quarterback rating. Him underneath 
Boy, is it impressive. It is. He throws really beautiful inside. He never, he didn't throw it off like target at all. No, let's them he, keep running every he time. He gives his receivers such opportunities for yeah, Yak. Yeah. And Quincy and Nunez is like his best you friend. You called it, dude. Did you say it on the pod? Or yes. You did. Good yes. for you. That's good. Because uh, you were quite saying it all that, that whole day. I just look at their, the receiving core and I go, he's going to take like one shot a game to Robbie. Yeah. Jermaine Curse is a possession guy, but he's more of an outside possession guy. He is. Anunwa is the Jamison Crowder to his Alex Smith. He's sure. the Pierre Garçon to his Jimmy G. Right. He's the battler in the middle. He is. And I like the Bilal Pal Isaiah Kroll duo. I hear you. Both of those guys run so freaking hard. Jets are going to be a pain in the ass for people. I'm and upset that I didn't go through with it, making having them as my wild card team that yeah I don't, i'm not, but ready, I don't, I'm not, I'm not ready, ready to go that. there yeah, either no, but that not. was i just can't overestimate or or, or what do i want to overstate say? overstate thank you is can't quantify it like yeah you can't not having a host like you it's special but um <laughs> but to throw a pick in your first career play and then really just not bat an eye I mean, I just don't know. I wonder how I would have done in that situation. I would have panicked, probably. I would have been like, oh, my gosh, the whole team's looking at me. I've already cost us yeah, the he, game. Yeah, he walked off and was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. But I thought the coolest thing was Josh McCown. They were talking about this on the broadcast. Yeah. They, he kind of went up to the OC and then went up to Sam Darnold and was like, don't change the play calls. Right. Stay with it. It was kind of like having... Uh, like a teacher next to you during a test and like, take a deep breath. Yeah. You're all good. Yeah. Him and Josh legitimately have a great relationship. Legitimately. Like, we we talked to Sam. We like, saw it. They bust each other's balls. They text. He like, was calling Sam fat the day we were there. He was like, Sam, getting on him for that a little bit. Sam right? sent Josh right. a picture of him with a bagel. Right. And Josh goes, you have cream cheese for blood. <laughs> like they just go back and forth. And they have a great relationship. Right. They really do. Because Sam's just a good guy. He is. You know? As good as they come. We did get called out though. And I think we need to address it because sure. we're self-scouters. I, Project I FX tweeted at us, you guys are so full of it, laugh out loud. Sim said Darnold was a worse prospect than Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. So here we are showing love for Sam Darnold, and we did have him number five. Right. So what do you want to say? Yeah, I mean, I had you him. You have the floor. I was, thought he was a top 20 pick. I get that. Um, also, too, I'm going to You did say, always say that. I did. And I'm, all, I'm also going to say... Uh, it's one game, so let's just relax a little bit here, okay? Uh, but at the same time, yeah, hey, listen, he played awesome, and maybe he's going to prove me wrong. I don't think I'm full of shit because I got one wrong. I mean, damn. Then then are we going to count all the ones I got right? Because then I'm the grand wizard of football, okay? so Carson you know, Wentz over Jared Goff. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Everybody... We can go down the yeah, list. How Patrick to. Mahomes, who was on him first? Patrick Mahomes, me? or So, so I'm the wizard then, but... Uh, yeah, he's certainly been better than what I thought he would be. But and his he's got a great quick release. He's got great feet in the pocket. Yes. However, however we I, could still be truthful about Sam. My one thing I still question was Sam, and I texted you during, during the game. I texted you, that was a really nice throw to Robbie Anderson and on it that was. deep touchdown. Right. And you responded. I responded, yes, it was the only throw outside the numbers the whole game. And he put everything he had into it to throw 47 yards. And I responded, "Right, stop, stop talking it. about my friend yeah, like that." Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. But but um, it, you know he did. He was like, ah! yes, to go 42. But uh, like, hey, I might be wrong. I'm not like again. I'm not that egotistical to go. I'm going to get every evaluation right in the history of my my job. I will say this though. Yeah, his feet 
are incredible. Phenomenal. And I want to say this. Rookie quarterbacks, having watched all these guys this year, right. when Allen's in trouble, he yeah. does a backward spin. Right. When Lamar's in trouble, he right. does a backward spin. When Bake, when Rosen's in trouble, he gets sacked. Yeah. When Baker or Darnold are in trouble, right. they step out of the way. But I think Darnold has better feet than Baker. Darnold, Darnold, I think, is so good yeah. at eluding and immediately setting up in the yes. next position. Yes. No, he's the he's the best at that. I would push back with the Allen thing a little bit. Like, you can't go off of the week one, what you saw him spinning out there. I'm not counting the, the Ravens. I mean, the more face. the preseason yes. stuff. But either way. Sometimes he tries to do a lot where I feel like Darnold gets out of the way and I'm back to being a quarterback. Where Allen goes, I can stiff arm a guy, roll out, no run doubt. 15 yards. Right. Darnold knows what knows he's what really he capable of. Exactly right. Allen, I think, still thinks he's playing college Allen sometimes. Allen still thinks, yes, I might break out of the pocket and yeah. be able to throw a 50-yard rifle across the field. Like, and yes, I, get I hear it. you. I hear you. But, yeah, you're right, th- right about Darnold there. So thank you for coming at me, FX. I appreciate it. And why we're addressing other bad things that I've said, yeah, okay. I mean, what do you want me to I can't defend Matthew Stafford. That's the worst game yeah. I've ever seen him so play. So I'm hearing a lot of people saying that Matt Stafford's one of the most overrated quarterbacks of all time yeah. coming off of yeah. that. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, that's just overreaction, and that's the problem with the world right now is unqualified people making qualified statements. No, Matt Stafford, go if you ask anybody in the NFL, they're going to tell you how special he is. Again, I mean... I'm was, done with Jim Bob Cooper. There was things online making fun of the last time he's had a 100-yard rusher, the last time he's had a 1,000-yard rusher. You know, even his team Last now, time he's had a good defense. There's nothing special about it, but that was horrible. I I can't deny that. Like, I, and and uh, I put him top five to start the season. You know, for whatever reason, when the quarterback conversation comes on, when you rank people, people think they can't move ever. Like, you had Brady three; <laughs> he should be three forever. No, like sometimes. Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack's better than Von Miller some years, and then there was another year where Von Miller's better than Khalil Mack. Like, players have different years in their career where they're really on their game or they really see in the field awesome. But Stafford, this was the whole concern we talked about with the Lions. It it looked like it looked in the preseason. I thought that when they got into this game, we would see the Mack Stafford we saw in the first first drive of the third quarter, where it was just like, bing, bing, bing. I was like, okay, here we go. There's issues up there. I mean, they're having a culture change problem right now. Everyone's reporting it. Garofolo's reporting it. Right. Everyone's reporting mm-hmm. right now that there is a, a huge battle between Patricia and the team. Yes. Healthy inactives, all this a. stuff. A'shaun Robinson, I would argue, was he could have been their best defensive player on the team last year. He didn't dress. And so he was that a just healthy scratch. Right. That just tells you there is truly an argument. They were How talking- do those arguments happen? Is it because because everything that you've always told me about the Patriots and Patricia defense is the D lineman, it's not necessarily rush up field. It's more of like Reading. take on blockers. Right. right. Is that it? These guys don't want to do that? They're not being disciplined in doing it. Or he's going like Patricia's going, hold up the guard. And then when you see the back go to your right, throw the guard and make the tackle to the right. And he's probably going, no, why don't I just bust up field and I'll make it all happen myself, which he can do. But also that's going to lead to other big plays. And Patricia's trying to do you think that's it or is it because he's making them run and all this? I I think it's all of it. This is the modern day pampered professional athlete, too. You're going to defend Patricia here. Well, a little bit. I mean, you know who else we heard this from last year? Who did we hear this from last year? Was complaining about training camp and things were too tough. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh yeah. Oh, we're hitting too much. They're wearing pads all day. Every day a practice is full pads. Like 
Yeah, these are these are old school tough ass people. But we saw what it did to the Jags, and now they're all in on it. Yes, let's put on the pads, Coach Marone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it is. It's a little different for them, and they're they're fighting back. Really excited. We're gonna have Phil Sims on in 15 minutes, so we're gonna do the Jags Giants game first. But I'm also excited to tell Phil that Lamar Jackson, from my count, had 27 snaps at quarterback in Week One, and he can collect on his bet with that guy. Yeah. Hopefully, he didn't. Like cash in already, right? right. But I'm excited. I, I would want to know. He had about three, three before the game was forty to nothing. Before it got 40 two or three. Okay. Now he played wide receiver on a few, but I, I the ones the where he took quarterback, I think snap. it might have been two. Okay. But that was but like third quarter, it was forty to nothing. He could have gotten three more in the game. Yes, you're right. You know, you definitely could have if that game was close and Buffalo showed up. What do you got for me, Josh? Nothing. Okay, then we're going to start off with Giants and Jacksonville. And the one thing that I definitely told you to look for is we made all this fuss about Jalen Ramsey versus Odell. Who won the battle? Before you do the Giants-Jaguars game, can you just, since we're going to be doing this all year with the film study podcast. Why don't you run it through? Because this is the reason the podcast started. What do you mean? I felt like you would witness me and Sims going oh, yeah. through the notebook. Well, yeah. What I was going to ask was, can you explain to people just real quick what your film process is, what you do every week, That's and then we can point. talk about the yeah. beginning of the podcast. All right. So, yeah, film process every week. I start downloading games as soon as I am capable of getting them where I and can't you have, tell you, have a you special plug. where I get them from. Yeah. Uh, but I So I start right away on like Monday morning, and I just try to start chipping away, especially Lefko's going to text me and go... People are saying this, check this out, you know, or whatever the big matchup is. Of course, I want to watch it and go through it. And you watch all 22 and the end zone cam, all 22 and the end zone cam. That's how coaches film is. Coaches film is you get two views of the same play every play. Right. So let's just take um, let's take, you know, any play. Saquon Barkley running down the sidelines. I get to see the side view, the whole field, all 22. And then the same clip comes up from the back from the back, which you call the pit cam, where you just see the defense alignment, the front seven, and you get to see kind of the intricacies in there and the blocking, the schemes, all that. So every play has two plays, the tall 22, the end zone cam, and I watch only one side of the ball at a time. So I don't watch the game like we watch it on TV. I watch Jacksonville's offense versus the New York Giants defense all the way through. Right. And then that gets done, and I flip it over, and I go, let me watch – Giants offense versus Jacksonville's defense, and these are the kind of notes that Hold it up I, to the camera. I write right there. That was the first page of Jags Giants, and it's in perfect cursive. Perfect cursive. There's the second page of Jags Giants, and it even went on to a third paragraph before I started 49ers Vikings. So because of that, let's do the notes like that. We're going to start off with Giants offense, Jacksonville defense, which is undoubtedly the most exciting thing. And I wanted to know, how did Odell and Jalen Ramsey do against each yes, other? Right. Joker versus Batman. Uh, so I'm going to go through a little bit of notes yeah. here, and then I'll let you comment. Okay. OBJ catch underneath six yards. Jalen got picked. Odell, big completion. And then superstar, super underline, which I know Sims is excited. He wrote this. Odell Beckham Jr. has already been used more in different ways on the first two drives than in the previous four years combined. Yes. I mean, he's on a real offense finally. It's not just line up at the left and you run a slant, a hitch, or a go. And we'll see if anybody, if Eli can get it to you, and if you can get so wide open. Yeah, I mean, he's 
He's going to bear the fruits of what Antonio Brown gets. Bunch sets, picks, all these different ways. But they used him in so many different ways in the slot, yeah. inside of three out of three, all everywhere on the field early on, which was so refreshing. You haven't seen Odell this open in a long time. I've never seen Odell be able to just not have to just absolutely work and kill everybody with his physical ability. This is the first time ever in a game I said, man, they actually helped him out a little bit and didn't just put him on an island and go, hell, you're you're double covered. There's nothing we can do. I mean, do you guys think that's what the Patriots do with Gronkowski? They just go, oh, you're double covered. We're just going to leave you out there and we won't throw you the ball. No, they go, he's our best player. We got to find ways to screw their double coverage yes. or bunch them or stack them and do those things. And that's what Odell got to do. So your level of excitement about it, Shermer and Odell is what? It, my level of excitement, the Giants, that was a loss, but that was a good loss. Like that was a, that I like the way the Giants look. You have big hopes for Odell this year now. I, I definitely do. because they're, they're, Good, because he's on our fantasy Not team. only is he going to have like his freakish athletic plays, but he's going to get a lot of cheap catches that he never got before. Um, you wrote, halfway through the second quarter, I don't think Jalen has straight up played man-to-man at line of scrimmage and bump and run once. He bails on plays off everything. And yeah. you wrote, you know why? Yeah. I don't know why. Well, he you know why? Because he's just going, damn, I'm not going to sit here and try to jam him. And if I miss the jam, he's gone for 60. Jalen's got a reputation to protect too. And he's also smart. And he goes, man, our defense is really good. Why would I give them that opportunity? They play a lot of zone in Jacksonville. Yes. They play zone with some band schemes. The Seattle scheme, the press, press cover three, press, press bail. Yes, right, exactly. Thank you. And that's your uh, favorite defense. That's right. It's left did you favorite. show? Did you believe that Jalen showed Odell respect more than other receivers he's faced? Yes, definitely, without question. Like in what way? Uh, just by little things like that. I, I don't think he's ever been as reluctant to get up in the face. Even then, even on the pick play, do you remember the pick play where they yes. got him open? And he was wide open. Yes. Like there, that's a formation and thing that usually the corner would be up in his face to uh, not let the pick happen. Maybe go underneath it. Mm. Do something like that. He was scared of where the different ways he could go, and he played it smart. There was a few times where they played two-man, and he did get Odell at the line of scrimmage, just like Odell got him with some natural rubs and bunch sets where yeah. he's going across the formation and Miles Jack you know, runs into him. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the end. In the end. Who got the best of who? I, Odell won, in my opinion. He did, yes. And I think you know the P.I., Right? Yes. Before he the half. two PIs. That was going to be a touchdown. I mean, that was a touchdown. He was gone. Odell, I mean, Jalen was kind of trying to peek in the backfield, and Odell ran by him. There was the other post down the middle. Oh, that where Eli missed. Eli missed. And he was wide open. Wide open. And that was on Jalen, too. Now, it was zone, but in those kind of situations in zone, Jalen has to take him. Yes. And when you react too late to an Odell... It's just hard to catch up. I mean, Jalen's still awesome, and trust me, I'm not. I do think Odell won. Yes. very close battle though. But are there is there really anyone else that's going to be able to cover Odell like that this year? Uh, no, I think the only other guy that you know, the only other guys that jump out to me that are like that, or maybe the other guy they got on that team, AJ Bouye. Yeah, and then um, you know, Xavier Rhodes. It, when he's having his best Xavier days. Xavier loves pushing Odell around. Oh, did, that's, but, but here's the deal. Yeah. That was in the McAdoo scheme. I know, exactly We'll see right. if he's going to be able to do right. that in the show. Xavier's scheme. one of the best jam guys there is. You did say, though, just yeah. there, Eli missed him. That was another huge portion of your notes. Comments about Eli. You wrote... Uh, 
Third down and 10, third quarter, three minutes left. Odell uncovered on shallow cross. Eli, and you wrote like all caps here, like Eli watching the rush. Oh my God, huge play. Oh my God, huge play. Third 10, the Giants kind of have the momentum of the game, if you remember at that time, where you're going, man, they're hanging in there and they're yeah. kind of moving the ball down every drive. Eight. Right. And uh, the, the Jacksonville bring, brings a creative blitz and Odell's in a little bunch thing. And he comes across the field, and the corner was way outside. I don't even think it was Jalen in this case. Yeah. And he's way outside. He's not. He can't get over. He's and Odell is going to catch the ball and, and turn. Like, and nobody's looking at him too. So the wow. people on the other side are running with receivers and everything. But Eli like that. is watching the blitz. Eli looked at the blitz and watched the rush to make sure he wasn't going to get hit. And by the time he looked up, Odell was too fa- uh, too far across the field, and he couldn't throw it good enough. But yeah. if Eli just kind of went there from the start. That was a chance for a big play. You wrote, Eli is so afraid to get hit, it affects a lot. It does. It affects a lot. He, he, um, it affects his throws uh, too much. It affects his decision-making, too. He's too quick to chuck it down. There was another play. Um, Sterling Shepard on fourth and six. Eli threw it five yards short. Five yards short. How about the all-out blitz in the red zone right before the half where he threw it out of bounds. Like, just throw it across the field. There's nobody there. But he's so worried about getting out of his hand, he doesn't make a good throw. And then there was another play in the third quarter, I believe it was. Again, it was a zone defense. It was almost like a Tampa 2-type style. And Odell was on the inside of the three receivers to the right. And he's running up right up the middle of the field. And Miles Jack is trying to cover him one-on-one. Wow. Which is, just tells you what kind of a freak show he is. That they're like, <laughs> we think you could run with Odell every now and then. Yeah. And, I mean, it's going to be... If, if, if Eli just sits there for half a second and just watch, it's going to be a touchdown. He's running by Miles Jack. Do you think that's Eli? Or is that Eli versus the Jaguars? I don't know. I don't know. I do like that Eli has a little bit more of aggressive mindset you this wrote year. That, yeah. He does, and I do respect that. But my big thing, Eli is the big question for me with the Giants. And I know people think I'm a hater there, but I'm just telling you that's the reality of it. Can he make when you play the Jacksonville Jaguars or the elite teams in football, there's three or four plays a game that can change the game to make you win it. And he they were served those opportunities. And Eli couldn't do it. Mm. And that's what just scares me. It just scares me. But the Jaguars are a different animal. Different. And that's duly, I mean, that should be noted. You wrote F and A like six times just about their defense. The other question mark, though, about the Giants, and I'm, I'm focusing on this side of the ball because this is what's interesting, I think. Everyone's talking about the Giants. Everyone online is taking shots at Eric Flowers. Because they're so easy. Constantly. You wrote this. Nate Solder is every bit as bad as Flowers, if not worse, as game goes on, and no one talks about that. It uh, drives me crazy. You know, Eric Flowers has become very easy to pile on, and I understand the first two plays of the game, yeah, he held a guy, he tripped a guy. One of the plays was the play where Eli threw it up and Evan Ingram went up and, you know, mossed the guy, remember, and they got called back? Yeah. Um, So you see that, but... I mean, Nate Solder's being is the highest paid left tackle in football. The highest paid left tackle in football. He's making how much money a year? I'll get you an answer. I think it's fifteen. I think it's fifteen too. Fifteen million a year, and he went through some phrases where Yannick and Gatquay, Rente McRae, all of them just absolutely torched him. Mm. But it just annoys me that nobody brings up those things. It's just let's blame it on Eric Flowers. Let me tell you, second round pick Will Hernandez. 
He was a piece of crap a lot of plays, too. Really? He got killed by Malik and Marcel Darius and uh, and um, Calais Campbell at times. The two best offensive linemen on the field on Friday or on Sunday for the Giants was Halapio and Omama. Or I can't, oh, you know, Omama. I don't know how to say his name. Patrick. Right. But either way, those were the two guys that played the best on that O-line. The mm. other three all had points where they got their ass whooped like consistently. So you kind of leave that. And do you still think Eric Flowers is an issue, though? I don't think it's going to be an issue. The Jacksonville's de- Watch New England this week. Jacksonville's going to make New England look like a mess, too, for periods of the game. Now, New England's a little better than the Giants up front. But, yeah, yes, this is Jacksonville. This is what they do. This is why they were in the AFC Championship game. They can win 15. games. 15.5 per year. Is that what you have? No, 50? I have 10 million for Solder. Yeah, you're wrong. I got average for his contract is yeah. 15 and a half per year. Right. And here's what's crazy about the Patriots. They're getting Trent Brown for 1.9. Yes. And Trent Brown had an amazing game. You saw my notes on that. We'll get 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 there. Yes. Uh, But yeah, yeah, Nate Solder, they were trying to buy Eli's security. Yeah. And they kind of, it looks like the Giants got at left tackle what the Lions got at coach. Someone that's better with the Patriots. He'll be okay. I will say this. I think Nate Solder has habitually been a slow starter in the NFL. His whole career. Okay. He is one of those guys. So I'm not going to panic on Nate Solder yet. Okay, good. Uh, Just a little bit of stuff on the Jacksonville offense because it wasn't too much. You wrote their O-line, holy crap, is it big and powerful. And you really said that Bortles does a great job of running or finding a check down when he's in trouble. He does. I mean, they're the best screen bootleg team in the sport, and that gives a lot of credit to Nate Hackett. Even more than like the Kyle Shanahan? They're up there with it. They are. They're in that discussion. What about it is so good? Well, you have to respect the run game because they're so big and powerful up front. Even if Fournette doesn't play? Yeah, it's still it's still a threat. Because their O line more can than just running mash back. you, right? Wow. It can just mash you to where you have to give its due respect. But yes, their ability to call boots off that and sneak people out the back door, or or play action, everybody flies downfield, and then they throw the screen to T.J. Yeldon, who they just fake the play action for. They're amazing at that. And Bortles is very smart. He knows what he is. It's he's gotten really good at throws under ten yards. Exactly, he's got he's exactly right. Or it's going to be a fade down the sideline, yes. and he'll try to throw a jump ball or a back shoulder. And they have a nice little formula working, and it, it's going good. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I feel like you come out of that game and you go, man, the Jaguars are impressive. But you know what? The Giants, you like their offense. I you do. like what they're doing. And they're, they're, they're arrow up in they the are. words of old Sims. They arrow up. And they're not going to be bullied, the Giants, especially on that defensive line. Like, as big as and awesome as Jacksonville is, they hung in there with them. And really, what was the biggest run of the day was Bortles' 41-yard run. Hmm. I mean, that was, that was the biggest and best run of the day. Yeah. All right, let's go. Uh, we did 49ers. You want to call Phil? Oh, yeah, let's call Phil. My bad. Oh, yeah. Colin Phil Sims. Colin Phil. Colin Phil Sims. Doobie, doobie, doo. My wife got her 23 in me. Oh, hers. I didn't get mine yet, though. Oh, we even told everyone that we're going to do this. You want to okay. tease that while we get Phil in the line Yeah, here? so Sims got his DNA checked, and I said, please don't open it at home. Let us open it, right. and we're going to reveal Chris Sims's genealogy live on the podcast. Danielle was 80% Italian, 10% Western Asia. Interesting. Which I don't Sims. know. What the... Sims. Yo. Yo, bro. Yo, bro. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What's going on? Yeah, what are you doing? What am I doing? Listening to somebody on TV and... Oh, let me stop it. 
Tell I'm us watching, who. I'm watching the Chargers. You watching the Chargers? Yes, the yeah. Los Angeles Chargers. I only missed it once this past week. That was pretty good. Are you watching? Uh, Aren't the Chargers Kansas City or the Chargers offense? Which what are you watching? Film or just TV right now? Uh, I'm watching film. Yeah. Uh, I'm watching uh, the Chargers offense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Film so Rivers it's frustrating, is just like their defense is. So yeah. Exactly. It's frustrating, and um, you know, I've, I've heard you this week. Let's see. What is today? Wednesday. It is Wednesday. So, you heard me twice yeah, so far, probably. Yeah, no, yeah, you, you you screw me up. I can't remember what days you're on, so I have to yeah. get up sometimes. Wow, it's driving me crazy. Yeah. That's why it's a good thing we got. What do you call it? We can tape the shows or do whatever. DVR, they call it DVR. <laughs> DVR, there we go. Right. I can think of the word. Yeah, I, I always think of you know whatever. Don't don't make fun of me. Shut up, Adam. <laughs> I, I just thought it was laugh. funny. I thought it was funny. Yeah, it was funny. Um, uh, shoot, I forgot what I was doing. Yeah, so you were talking about. Uh, you know, you know Patrick Mahomes, this and that. So, you know, I watched the game when it was on, but you know, when I watched it again, you just go, "Oh boy, oh boy, it's right." Oh boy, oh boy. I don't what? care how he plays the rest of the year; he's done enough for me. Yeah, I know. But, he's you, my you second know. favorite quarterback in football already. And wow. it's, it's, here's what I liked. You know, one Andy Reid still had all of his cute trick plays. Yep, and it, and they game plan the living crap out of it. Yes, but. Dude. They just had some normal plays in there that Trubisky made them special. And, Mahomes, I'm sorry, Mahomes. Yeah. And then, and then the other thing is, there's a, the one time he rolls out. There's a guy right in front of him. He's wide open, going to gain eight or ten yards. Instead, he just rips one down about fifty yards, trying to score a touchdown with somebody streaking down the field, and almost hits it. Yeah, it almost hit it. I Derwin know. James had to make an unbelievable play to um, block it. He did. It. He fully extended to swat it out, and the guy had a step, and he almost. There's made only it. one QB in football that can make that throw, other than Mahomes, and that's well, besides two. me and my son. But yeah, besides <laughs> yeah go ahead. But, but yeah, number who twelve, else, who else can do it? I mean, number twelve in Green Bay. That's the only. Yeah, he guy. could do it if he's. Yeah, he could do that. Yeah. Right. I didn't get to do a great demonstration on Showtime of him last night, but I talked to you about it. And there's, and you know, Mahomes, he might be one of those guys. Yeah, he might be that can just stand there on his right foot and just use his hand and you know his shoulder turn or whatever, and and just rip the ball. I always call it, you know, there's guys that just have great hands to throw the football. Aaron Rodgers, Dan Marino was one. You know, it's hard to say Stafford after the other night. I couldn't even mention his name on TV. I was like, man, after Monday night, I'm not going to bring his name up into that category. And Brett Favre was one. Right. And Mahomes could be one of those guys. Wow. I mean, just that, man. And look, he can he can do whatever you want. You want me to throw it sidearm, underhanded, overhanded, high release, whatever, all that, you know, stuff that we talk about. He can do them all. It was awesome to watch. It really yeah, that's was. awesome. Uh, Phil, I have good news for you. Oh, I'm getting a pay raise. Uh, you are. You're going to get some form of money because I would like to tell you the magic number today is 27. You know what that means? I have no idea. That's the amount of snaps that Lamar Jackson took at quarterback on Sunday. <laughs> oh, you know what? Yes. Did you yes. forget? Yes, he no, did. No, I did not forget. Oh. When he came into the game, I went, yes. There's going to be some money coming my way. And you know, it's funny. I haven't heard from my man. Where, where's my agent yeah. at? You know? Are you going to collect? Is Rosner you had this bet with? Rosner? Yeah, Rosner was one. Yes. yes Good. Yes. That's great. It's great. Oh, I'll, I'll just not take it out of one of your, you know. Or, no, no. I want. Cold, hard cash. I want $100 bills, brother.
That's awesome. I know. When he came into the game late third, I just, oh, the Jacksons said, look, oh, it's still third quarter. Yes. I said, <laughs> I, and everybody goes, why are you so happy? I go, because I had some bets that he was going to play at least six plays at quarterback. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm happy I could you talk about that. It's yeah, I know. I, you know, my phone's not with me right now, but as soon as, we get, as, soon as I get off with you two humps, I'm going to go downstairs and make a phone call to get my money. Dad, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. no, 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 I, no. I was just going to ask something stupid. I was just because we were on the Kansas City thing. Yeah. And I also wanted to say, do you, do you, who's faster than Tyree Kill that you've ever seen in the history of the NFL? I mean, I, I said it's like Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson kind of thing. Like, he's, he's on another level of speed than, mo- than anybody straight away that we've ever seen. You, you, I don't know. I, I would say he's the fastest I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I think he's even faster than Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders. You know, the thing that always bothered me about Bo Jackson, right. and I felt cheated as a fan, yeah. it's just, man, I wish he'd have just stayed with baseball or just football. Right. Because I think we were going to see something unbelievable. And, you know, I don't care what they say. Yeah, when he came and played with the Raiders, he was awesome. But I noticed that he, he was slowing down after a couple of years. Yeah, you did? Yeah, I really did. Look at some of his tapes when you see him in those games, you know, the year he got hurt. Right. You just go, wow, he's not as fast, near as fast as he was, you know, which I don't know how many years he played in the NFL, but when he was at Auburn. I mean, that documentary of him, right? you know, uh, yes. I don't know what 30 it was. 30 for 30 on ESPN. 30 for 30. Right. But that was one of the greatest ones I've ever seen. That yeah. one, and Marcus Dupree was one, too. Marcus Ooh. Dupree was my favorite 30 for 30, not Marcus even close. Dupree the best that never was. better as a junior in high school than he ever was at Oklahoma or in the pros. I firmly <laughs> believe that if you look at the picture of Marcus Dupree with the glasses, he looks like Von Miller. Oh, I can yeah, see that. Yeah, you know, that's a good one. Yeah, You're right. He does. Yeah. He did or whatever. He doesn't anymore, but... No, not at all. That's for sure. But yeah, but that Marcus Dupree one, that was hilarious. And I mean this. Yeah, it just I've seen it about three times. I always kind of watch it. I go, you know what? He was a little bit slower his senior year, I thought, over his junior year. I mean, you're talking about a guy reaching his peak quick. Yeah. And, and at Oklahoma, yeah, he was great, but... You know, he was already losing speed at Oklahoma. Well, from the injuries, the hits, and everything else. Yeah, that also actually it kind of fits in another thing. I had no idea where we were planning to go. Did you want to ask something? Go. Uh, I like when you just. Steal well, it. I was just going like, I mean, while we're talking about running backs who slow down after getting killed, you know, for their whole life, is there a more physically demanding position in sports than running back? No. And are are you mad at Le'Veon Bell for sitting out for the first ten weeks to do what he has to do? Absolutely not. Right. You know, I know everybody's got these. Always, oh, he's been paid this. They were going to offer this. They were going to make. I guess he's been offered contracts or whatever, but he's not happy with it, and yeah. so he's going to. He wants more, and he wants more guaranteed. And I, I don't even. You know, I don't even follow it. I just go, all right, good for him. I hope he right. gets what he wants. Right. And Bill Belichick once said to me that. Um, I forgot. I don't know which running back it was up there. He was close to playing. I said, "Well, he's pretty close. He looked good in practice today." And Bill goes, "Yeah, but he's not a hundred percent." And I said, "Well, you know, I'm thinking." He goes, "He goes, you know, Sims, when you're running back in the NFL, it's a car wreck every play." Right. And he goes, "I'd rather have somebody that's not as talented at a hundred percent than I would a really talented guy that has something a little bit wrong." 
And as soon as he said to me, I said, man, that makes so much sense. That's and that probably, is so true. That's probably why the Patriots will throw in, like, Jonas Gray, and he'll get, like, 150 yards, and you never know who the Patriots are playing at running back because he probably just goes with the healthiest guy. Well, he is a big believer in that, and, you know, I it's am too. You, you Listen, it, it's hard to be a quarterback or anybody and go out there and play a little nicked. But to think about being nicked and being a running back in the NFL, it's almost ridiculous. Well, and tell your you can't like, do it. Oh, and tell your like what, what you know you've. I know you've told this before, like Joe Morris, like what Bill Parcells always said about that after when it was all said and done. Well, yeah, yeah you know, I don't know the exact to paraphrase. He just really regretted the fact that he overused him and shortened his career, and you know, took money away from him. Yes, right. that's yeah, got to be so hard as a coach. Yeah. I mean, we did. We wore his butt out. I mean, we had Damn. games that you know I would throw only in the teens. Right. Because this score, we are defense and this whatever, and we'd just start running the ball, and we'd keep running him. And, and you know, I'm sitting there going, you know, play action might work if we do it here. But uh, third and seven, hey, Sims, go ahead. You can throw one now. But, <laughs> yeah. but Joe Morris, gosh almighty, when he was on, he was incredible. You know, I would hand it off and just seem he could get through the hole so fast. And, of course, he was – he truly was short. Right. And, Great and, and legs I do, and ass. What's that? Great legs and ass. Oh, my God. Well, listen, I saw him squat over 600 pounds. Wow. And his butt hit the ground. You know, not wow. quite. Wow. But, but he, was, he, was ama- he was in unbelievable shape. But I do believe that linebackers used to say, we, we couldn't see him. Right. And, you know, man, when he popped out of that little open space, I can still think, I can picture it like it's yesterday. 1986, it was probably early 87, whatever, we played the 49ers in a playoff game. Yeah, division. I handed him game. a ball off going to, on the left side, going towards the locker rooms, right. and there was a little hole, and he hit it and took off, and it was he was gone. I just went I, – I said something to him on the sidelines. He said, down, man. It, it, it was unbelievable right. how fast awesome. he took off. Right. One last thing for you, Phil. We spent so much of the podcast on, on Tuesday. We even started our show – uh, Wednesday night, paying homage. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' performance on Sunday Night Football. Where does that rank for you in terms of his career all time? Well, I it, it's not going to be top because it, it was so. Oh, this was this was before Aaron Rodgers. But when he played that Super Bowl down in Dallas. Yeah. Against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. You know, they were still running a basically an old school offense at the right. time. Right. And he made I'm gonna say six throws in that game that were lasers. <laughs> and I remember one of them down the middle of the field. Yeah. And the Steelers baited him. Who would the safety? It shoot? was Ryan Clark on the backside. He knew it was coming. He knew it was coming. Right. And Aaron Rodgers just, he, but he goes, I just can't, couldn't, you know, he goes, I just couldn't believe he got it there. He threw it so hard. They baited him into it. He does exactly what they want, and they still couldn't get there because he threw it so hard. And he threw a football. Yeah, but I think sa- James Jones at the end of the game to basically yeah, but Phil, win it. Yes, Phil, right. Sunday night, one leg, 52 yards on a dime, and he comes back from down 20 to nothing yes. with Khalil Mack looking like Lawrence Taylor in the first half. Yeah, no, listen, I agree. That's second. But, you know, when you make these, <clears throat> those kind of throws that he made in the Super Bowl, because it's the Super Bowl is why I call it one. Right. But what of he did course. Monday night, you know, when he was coming back in the game, but first off, 
when he got hurt, I'm sure we, we were all the same. I went, wow, this is really a big-time bummer. And I'm thinking, yes, super what's bummer. this going to do to his career if he's out for the year? Right. right. And all this, I'm going, man, a year without him? And Green, Green Bay is just, they, everybody's going to want to take him off TV right. if yeah. he's not back there and everything. But when he came back out, I went, oh, boy, this is going to, it's not going to be good. This and, is scary. Uh, yeah. it, it was amazing. And I've watched, done that, you know, redid that game and just kind of watched it again. And it's one of those things you got to watch it a second time to even appreciate it more. Amazing. Yeah. Phil, you're the man, dude. Congratulations on winning your Lamar Jackson bet. I'm proud of you. Yeah, yeah, i got to win something. Hell, yeah. everything else I'm losing at. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know what to do. All right, hey, you guys have a good day. I'm done with you. All right, see you, Dad. All right. Be good. Yeah, well, I mean, he said – uh, he he told me he was going to do that Showtime thing. He calls me on Monday night, and he's like, I think I'm going to do this thing with Aaron Rodgers. He's like, Christopher, who are the quarterbacks that you think can just sit on their back leg, one leg all game long, and throw in the history of their career? And I was like, Dan Marino. He's like, you got it. That's right. That's one. Oh, he always turns everything into a quiz game. Right, and then, he, yeah, that's what he'll do to me. And he goes, okay, and who's another one? John Elway. And I was All like, right, you got it. That's no, two. I didn't say. Oh. He, he, it was Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Did you not listen to him at the start of the show? No, but show? Well, yeah, why yeah. didn't he say Elway? Uh, because I always thought Elway, Elway was, was a great thrower, but not a... Not a like the Flat hand thing, throw. not a flicker. Like Elway was a baseball player. Exactly right. Okay. So he he could have had to gear up a little more. It's one of the greatest arms ever. Yeah. But like what Dad was trying to say with the hand, you know how we just talk about like how it looks like he can flick it. Yes. And how you know Michael Marino Vick had that it. too. Exactly Michael right. Michael Vick should be on that list too. He probably could. He probably could. Yeah. Because I don't. I know that Rogers can flick it, but yeah. like. The flick of Vic was, was phenomenal. Special. Yeah, but Vic had definitely one of the best arms in the history of the sport when he just let it go. Yes. Yeah, I mean it's right up there with Fitzpatrick. <laughs> All right, okay. so uh, let's keep going with the games. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Vikings. We did the 49ers offense. Oh yeah. We did not do the Vikings offense and the Niners defense. Right. First thing I noticed here, Buckner. Whooping both offensive guards early. He's Richard Seymouring people. Is that who he's going to be for the Niners faithful? I, I mean, he's that type of body and that type of specimen. When I say he's Richard Seymouring people, it's like, no moves here. Roar! Get out of my way. Like, I mean, that's what like Richard Seymour did to me when I had to play the New England Patriots. He hit me a few times, and I swear I like somersaulted in air like Richard Seymour is a great example of somebody that when he was playing towards the end, people would go. Richard Seymour is probably a first ballot Hall of Famer. And now I don't hear him mentioned ever. Right. He's a Hall of Famer for sure. He's I a Hall that. of Famer for sure, but I don't hear people You're talking right. about it. It hasn't been talked about. It, I, the, I brought this These up to Sims the other lost. day. Yeah. I'm watching the game on Thursday night, Eagles-Falcons, and they're going, Jason Peters, that's ah, a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I go... That's what they said about Alan Fanica. Yep. Yeah. And in five yeah. years, we're going to go, oh, shit, Jason, Jason Peters. Peters. He's still not in. Offensive linemen and defensive linemen that messed the game up. Oh, yeah, F the play up. Yeah. Did we, we get those? We didn't get the reports. They're coming tomorrow. Okay, okay. they're coming yeah. tomorrow. But, like, they, they're they game wreckers, but they don't get the praise. Right. Seymour, 6'6", 317. Buckner, 6'7", 300. So, so yeah, there you go. Not quite as thick. I, I say this, too, about that 49ers D-line. Like, we talked about no pass rushers, right? But, boy, they're, they got some big dudes up there that yeah, make a mess. Exactly right. Those four, you know, him, Armstead, Solomon Thomas at D-end, and then yeah. Earl, Earl, Earl Mitchell in the middle, like – there, that that's a good four. I mean, they can. There's no weakness to their game. Yeah, they're they not going to get pushed around around the edge, but you're not going to get pushed around, and they can power rush and push the pocket in the quarterback's face. And what you need 
Fendrick with a big D line like that. What do you need, Adam? Is athletic linebackers. And that was the fear we had. Ruben Foster's out. But I kind of saw it on the TV copy, and Sims's film vouched for it even more. Warner, the linebacker. Yeah. What was he, a third-round pick? I think he's a fourth-round fourth round pick, pick. Fred Warner. You wrote, looks good, very athletic. Him and Reuben Foster will be, all caps, good combo. Great combo. So is this, I don't want to say Patrick Willis-Navarro-Bowman, but Reuben Foster and Warner. You like this linebacker, do you? I do. It's it's your perfect mix of the modern-day NFL linebacker. You know, middle linebackers are no longer like the 255 pounds, that kind of guy. You need a guy that can really run. And Reuben Foster and this Warner kid, Warner's I think in like the 230s. Uh, Boy, does he fill the whole 6'3", 226. 226? He was okay. a third-round pick. Okay, third round. And yes, uh, I was amazed by his play. Because when I've seen him out, he popped in the preseason. Sure. I think we talked about him a little. I just I questioned like is he going to be able to play big boy football like when he and, like, has to first play he like, hit right Dalvin Cook in the a right. gap and sent him back a yard yes he is he he's a true middle linebacker I, I do it they they got something there with both of them I mean he forced a fumble on Dalvin Cook with a hustle play yes he did coming from uh, behind from behind yeah After, he and he popped a lot that was the thing though. Dalvin Cook, you wrote, looks 100%. Yes, he does. Dalvin Cook had a little pep in his step. Couldn't he even tell he's been hurt. No. no. In, in fact, he looked faster. Yeah. There's a few guys, him, Darren Sproles, Chris Thompson, that I looked at and I was like, did the injury help them? I mean, are they smaller guys? Is it help to be? I guess maybe it's easier to overcome it if you're a com- smaller, compact guy. Not to make it about the Eagles, but to make it about the Eagles. Yeah. I read this article about all the guys that got hurt by the Eagles, uh, hurt that are on the Eagles, the Darren Sproles, Jason Peters, Jordan Hicks, Chris Maragos, Carson Wentz, and they all worked out all offseason together. And if you looked, all of them played amazing. Hicks, Peter Sproles, obviously we don't have Maragos right. and Wentz out there, but it was so competitive, right. so competitive that Carson Wentz, like if people would be talking, he's like, I'm not working out with you guys today. You're talking too much. Right. And they all were like, we need to be better than last year. There's something about a lot of guys being hurt. You there talk is. about the isolation of the injury yeah, room, right. but if you're all hurt together, you're just a pack of mad dogs being like, we got to get back out there. Exactly right. There's a common theme. There's there to, there is, you know, these guys are competitive already. So oh, even super. if it's like, yeah, even if it's like, hey, we're doing leg extensions today, 20 sets of 20. Let's like, see how far you could push right, it today. These meatheads are like, Wentz is probably like, Hicks, I'll out leg extension you. Ugh. Yeah. You know, that's, yes, that's the way it goes in an NFL locker room. It does help. So, and, in a weird way, just make sure your stars get injured together. <laughs> yeah. Together. One like, goes down, get them all down. Deion Jones and Keanu Neal. That sucks. Oh, that sucks. Finito. Yeah, Falcons are dead. Bye bye. They're playing the Panthers week, too. There's no team I'd rather face than a Panthers team with Cam Newton running right at you. <laughs> running right at you. Holy crap. I know. That's a, that's a, that hurts. I, I love know. watching Cam O'Neill and Deion Jones. Can you just – I'm kind of into the lines because I had a big week. Can you look up what the line is for Panthers-Falcons? Yeah, stand by, Ghost There's a few lines that I it's think in Vegas Atlanta, is really in Atlanta, they got off. extra days, right? It's in Atlanta. They got extra days. Falcons are going to be pissed. Super pissed. But, man, the, the Panthers are good. What Atlanta. You want to take a guess? So it's in Atlanta? Yep. I'm going to say, with you saying Atlanta first, I'm going to say Atlanta's favored by one. I'm going to say two and a half. Favored by six. Wow. You're lying. I'm on Odd Shark. Okay. So, like, this is what scares me, is there's these lines sometimes where I go, it's so wrong that maybe I'm crazy. Yeah. But it's it's as low as four. I but, mean, the Panthers did lose Greg Olson. But, but everywhere else, it's six, five and a half. I mean, mm, Sims. That's a little high for me. That's insane. Yeah. 
I'm is. a Westgate guy. That's the casino we're using this year, but... I'm either going to lose a lot of money this week because I'm super cocky or like, I might be the Oracle. Uh, one last thing about the Niners, T. Finch. You wrote, I would have tested Richard Sherman. He's not 100%. Yeah. Uh, definitely, you know, good, like certainly good, but certainly not the guy that we saw before the injury quite yet. He's going to have to be careful about, like, making sure he stays on top of receivers his change of direction is not quite this. where it needs to be or anything like that. I mean, he's going to get better as we go along. But, yeah, that would be one of those things where, I mean, in game planning, I would have brought up to my coach, like, hey. Like, We're facing a 30-year-old guy that's coming off an Achilles injury. Let's let's just take a few shots. You just got to see where he is. Just to see it. That's what happened with um, one of the games this weekend where someone got hurt. I think it was the Packers game. Right. Where someone new came oh. in. They said, I think it was Rodgers. Amukamara came Amukamara. out. Amukamara, he goes, I'm just going to throw at this guy right away. Exactly right. Which right. is what you need to do in football. Sometimes it's that simple. The guy first. hasn't played all game. We're just going to throw deep on him. Right. Let's just see what happens. Right. I Wait, that's what we should ask Big Phil about because that's what Parcells was amazing at. He would notice a guy go off. He'd go fuck all these like fancy schemes and shit. Like we have a matchup mismatch right here. Let's abuse it. Yes. And 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 people do lose sight of that at times. It's all about the scheme and execute the scheme. And sometimes it does just come on to a one-on-one matchup where you go, we can really take advantage of things here. That's what's so funny to be about working with you and learning more about football is football, NFL football especially, is very complicated to a lot of people. It's the one sport that relies on analysts like you to explain it. It's the only show, it's the only sport that has a show like NFL Matchup, right. which is completely dedicated because we could all watch the NBA and know that LeBron is better than him. Right. Like we, we can see that. And that's why when I, I hear people give information that I don't believe is correct, mm-hmm. and because it, it's not subjective, it's very objective. It upsets me, but sometimes football is very simple. Yeah. This guy hasn't played, that guy's been playing all game, attack him. Right. It's not about coaching sometimes. Sometimes right. it's you haven't even gotten off the bench yet. Yes. It's that simple. Yes. Vikings offense, other side of the ball, other than Dalvin Cook looking good. I'm going to read two things here that are a little worrisome for a Vikings team that I'm seeing as the number one team in the NFL in a lot of power rankings. Wow. Yeah. Number one from Sims notes. I don't like this Vikings. Let me try that again. Vikings? I don't like this Vikings offense as much as Shermer's. We will see, but nothing interesting. A little too West Coasty. Yeah. You also wrote, not sold on Vikings offense. Cousins could have thrown three interceptions in the fourth quarter. Yes, he could have. That game, the Vikings defense was insanely impressive. Right. But every time I looked up, Kirk Cousins was either running for his life, throwing off his back foot, but the two touchdowns were gorgeous. Gorgeous. The throw to Diggs. Yes. Gorgeous. Right. The throw to Rudolph, gorgeous. gorgeous. They were. But the rest of the time. Yes. It was tough sledding. It was tough. And the 49ers defense was supposed to be a cakewalk. And I think it will be a cakewalk for other teams. Right. they lucky they got the Lions this week, so they should be doing okay. Yes. There. But yes, I do. The things we talked about, I think. The interior part of that Vikings offensive line. Weak. It got weak. It got exposed in this game. Uh, so that. Yes, the offense I don't think is as good as Shermer's. Now it's early on in the DiFilippo era, and I don't dislike DiFilippo's era. Uh, I mean, offense. I just don't think it's quite as advanced and does as much schematically as a Shermer. Yes. And Cousins, he can force the ball at times. He yeah. can get almost a hair too aggressive where he just comes up and goes, this was the coverage, and all week I had this window right here, and I'm going to fire it in there. 
And, you know, you got to see throws at times. But, yeah, he got a little unfortunate. Uh, I mean, a little fortunate with, with some dropped interceptions. Vikings are a team that I'm, I'm going to give away a little bit of my betting stuff right here. They're playing the Packers this week. What's the Packers' strength on defense? Muhammad Wilkerson, Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, where do they play? Right on the interior. And unlike the 49ers' big guys, they're big guys that could also get upfield. We don't know the health of Rodgers, and there's nothing more important than the health of Rodgers. But Kirk Cousins in Lambeau, sneaky, sneaky interesting. Right. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, all right, let's go to Patriots-Texans. By the way, Vikings are a team that can go to the Super Bowl. Obviously, you know that I think the Packers are a team that can go to the Super Bowl. I just want to say this. A lot of Sims and Left go faithful. They always say, I can't wait for a draft. And the draft's going to be great. I'm just saying. I'm hearing a lot of meetings in this office, a lot of marketing people. I think if the Sims and Left go faithful, want to really hang out with us, I'd look at getting some tickets to Atlanta for the Super Bowl. Not saying the Super Bowl itself, but the days leading up, I, we're not ready to announce anything right now. But we're going to do some cool stuff. But I think we're going to we'll have I think we're going to have a bunch of live things and a lot of players and ways to interact with us that if I'm telling you right now in September that if you can find a way to get tickets to Atlanta for that week, if you're a Sims and Lefko fan, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I I'm agree. hearing whispers. Yeah. No, like, we're not in any meetings. I haven't been in a single no, meeting. Right. I just... Let's put the pressure on Bleacher Report. Let's go. Get it done. But I'm feeling some good stuff. Josh, like Josh. confirm like, tonight. Oh, I got to work about editing yeah, this out. I'll... We can't put the pressure on Bleacher nah, Report I'll in take, the podcast. I'll take a look at a few docs, uh, <laughs> a couple spreadsheets, and maybe we'll go to Atlanta. We'll yeah. see. No, I think we're going. All right. I think we we'll got big, I'm just saying, Sims and Left go like, let's let's get on those those flight websites right now. Let's find some Airbnbs. In fact, I challenge you guys to get into the Maisie and rent Airbnbs with each other. Oh, let's let's get. I don't s- know if I would encourage that. Sims and Left go faithful. Now you've accepted liability for don't everyone in Airbnb. Together. Don't do that, anybody. I mean, I might do it. Were you going to do any more film today? Or are we yeah, just stuck Patriots, out? Texans. Uh, so the first thing I noticed is Sims wrote down the numbers of all of the guys in the Patriots front seven, yeah. which means you like them, huh? uh, Yeah, I guess that's what I do, huh? <laughs> I started to notice that where I do that. Yeah. He just writes the numbers down. I go, he does that when he goes, 56, Can we 42? get that out to a camera? Give me your notebook. Yeah, he, they're not going to see it. Well, they can see a little. It's fine. Go ahead, give it but like there. right in the top there, he writes, yeah, you got... Oh. There. Like right there, it's like 56, 47, 89. It's out of focus. Yeah, you do that a lot. So they have the, you like the depth. You've been I, saying that all preseason, though. I do like the, the depth. Adam Butler's, and the Danny I, Shelton's, the Malcolm Browns. Right. And I, you know, a lot the of Dietrich the times. Wises. Exactly. And a lot of the times, we, we don't know who the starters are until the first game. They rotate their guys right. so well. So, and then, you know, some guys were held out in the preseason or they might have had a little nagging injury. Yes. So I just write Dante it down Hightower. to go, wait, here's the game. It started finally. And this is who they put out in the field to start the game. That yes. means something in the NFL. Sure. So that's why I did that. You wrote the Pats D line is good and sneaky deep. Yes. And then in between two stars, you wrote Billy Bargain. Never seen that. What the fuck is Billy Bargain? <laughs> Billy Bargain is he. Oh, Bill Belichick. He always finds these guys that I just want to go like unbelievable. Oh, Adrian Claiborne. Great get. You know, got Lawrence Guy last year. Got Danny Shelton in the trade this year. Oh, who's their starting middle linebacker? 51? Wait, are you. I was Gerard like, Mayo? Uh, yeah, I was like, are you kidding me? Wait, 51 starting from the preseason? Jawan Bentley? 
the, the kid from Purdue. So that's what I mean. Yeah, I mean that's where he's amazing. Like and he, he just, just well look look he found uh, who's the guy that's now on the Browns. Uh, Jamie Collins. He he's so that's the position where Belichick is the yeah. best at scouting. Yeah. D line linebackers. Yeah. He You're just right. knows exactly what he needs. He is. He's seen the Harry Carsons and the Lawrence Taylors and the Carl he's Banks. Seen the he best. knows it. Right. He knows the best. You're Juwan right. Bentley, fifth round pick. Fifth round pick. Just a sledgehammer of a middle linebacker. Just can't the way scout, they like him. Can't scout wide receivers to save his life. Yeah. But D line and linebacker. <laughs> Watch He's out! Find him. Yes, and they all—they all got size and physicality, and he can mix and match them. Dante Hightower and Jawan Bentley can get on the line of scrimmage and play defense, and and be totally big enough and strong enough to go. I can set the edge against the biggest tackles in football, and yeah. I'm going to be fine. We just talked about Richard Seymour being a Hall of Famer. Yeah, right. Where did he come from? Yeah, I know. New I England. mean, it's right. it's incredible. Yeah, the guys New England values size more than other teams. My There's... favorite Patriots D-line was the one that had Ted Washington on it. Oh, that was because immovable. Because for me, Ted Washington's a guy that, again, probably in year 11, people were like, Hall of Famer. But he's never going to make the Hall of Fame. I mean, but like guys that are true game changers that'll never get the credit. You're right. I mean, you guys have heard me talk about like the first time I played the Patriots, right? Just like. It's, I didn't. It when you were playing? Well, I was playing. I actually playing, not holding the clipboard. But yeah, it was, it was one of those moments where the first time I remember breaking the huddle and walking to the line of scrimmage, I was just like, man, this is why they're the Patriots. Look at the size of this football team. They're just huge. You know, Vrabel and Willie McGinnis are the outside linebackers at 265, 270, and Roosevelt Coleman and Teddy Bruschi are in the middle, and it was Vince Woolfork and Richard Seymour and Ty Warren, who I played at uh, Texas A&M when I was at Texas. And I, it, TV can't always show those little things because everybody's big in the NFL, but when you get on the field and sometimes you come in and you go, whoa, like, they're a little bit bigger than yeah. some teams out here. Yeah. And New England is usually one of those teams. Just got a, a text what? from my guy, Pat Doney at NBC Dallas, saying, bro, you and Sims are killing it. Love the pod. Keep rolling. Well, Doney, Thanks. love you, bro. Appreciate you, man. He's one of the best feature reporters that I've ever seen. Yes. Like that man could tell a freaking story. Uh, let me just finish with the Texans offense, yes. Patriots defense. Yep. You wrote, Santrell Henderson's a big injury. Is the offensive line good enough? Mm-hmm. And then a little bit later, you wrote, I don't trust this Rankins guy at left tackle. No. You're a little worried about the Texans O-line right now. I, I definitely am because they had to move people around once Henderson got hurt. And they put Davenport now at right tackle, who was their left tackle, to let Rankins play left tackle. And I wasn't a huge fan of Rankins coming out of Mississippi State. He's, he's just a little of a sloppy body. Like, he could be something, but I think he's that guy that needs a year or two. So this O-line's not pushing anybody. It's just they're big, but it's not great quality, I guess, is what I would worry about. Yes. You also then wrote, Texans have to do more in passing game. They have no good boots, no good screens. No, nothing easy for Deshaun Watson I thought in the Bill O'Brien game. was an offensive guy. Yeah, I mean, he's an offensive guy, but he's also, his offense has Keep always been simple. the basics of New England, right? Uh, and I just was expecting a little bit more, and I do think it has to be duly noted that Deshaun Watson, and he said it, and this is why I love the guy, he missed throws that you know, he doesn't miss usually. It's yeah. his first game back in a while. Missed throws, didn't move in the pocket quite the way I would have liked to have seen him move. You wrote, uh, man, Kareem Jackson is phenomenal at safety. Yes. You wrote, DJ Reader is so good. You wrote, second half, 
J.J. Watt is really good. I oh, mean, really good. He, Him and Reader took over. He, so yes. J.J.'s back. J.J. is back. J.J. was phenomenal. He was all around Tom. He was a part of a lot of fuck-it-up plays where he busted through the line of scrimmage and, and ruined some schemes. You wrote that Trent Brown owned Clowney. Never seen Jadeveon Clowney get owned like that, ever. Ever. Now, first thing I also wrote, I think, is that he looks skinnier than normal, you right? Did. He you did. not good. Skinny. Yeah, too skinny. And... You know, a little Von Miller problem. A little bit. And like Trent Brown is, you know, his game is based more on power, Jadavion Clowney, yes, than Von Miller, right? Exactly. So that that was scary. And Trent Brown is one of the biggest humans on earth. I've so, ever seen. I mean, it's it's unreal. But yes, he was the it's the only time where I saw Jadavion Clowney get running starts and not be able to overpower people. Wow. Or Trent Brown would get a hold of him and he couldn't get free because Trent was just like going to bear hug him and keep him in there. I think what's what's awesome is I appreciate the respect between Kyle and Bill. Bill gave him Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy gave uh, and Kyle gave him Trent. Trent. Right. For a fair deals. It was fair deals. No doubt. Uh, last thing from that game that I want to read is it was a great point by you, but I don't know what you meant. How come no one does to Gronk what the Patriots do to every other good tight end? What do you mean by that? What do the Patriots do to every other good tight end? They even do it in they even did it in this game a few times where there's not a great tight end on the Houston Texans. I mean, Ryan Griffin's a solid tight end. We're not going to put him in Gronk stratosphere, but the Patriots will sacrifice the guy off the edge not being like off the edge like at the blink of an eye. They'll put Kyle Van Noy in a four down front and he plays defense end right on a third and 12, right? To get after the quarterback. To get after the quarterback. But if the tight end's to his side, he doesn't rush first. He will bang into the tight end. So they sacrifice a pass rush right. to throw off the tight end. Exactly. And this is what percentage of the time? I mean, in an obvious passing situation and the tight end is connected to the line of scrimmage like that, I'm four out of five times. So for me, in a way, isn't that a pass rush that helps the other guys? If you're going to throw off the tight end by a second, you're kind of giving the other defensive end a second to get to the quarterback. You definitely are. And they're a team that's always talking about, like, you know, push the pocket. They're not necessarily worried about guys coming off the edge and yes. getting, like, 20 sack seasons. That's not what they do. But, yeah, they do that. And you know what happens to your point what you're saying there is a lot of the times the tackle sees – Van Noy hit the tight end, and he goes, he must be covering. And he puts his eyes somewhere uh, else, and all of a sudden he goes, oh, gosh, he's coming now. And he doesn't get a good clean block on him. So I just don't understand. Like, again, it's just another why example are the Patriots of the only ones doing What something? would Belichick do? Why doesn't everybody just, like, write down the things he does every year and go, huh, I'm going to install that in my team next year. Is that why he's in the Super Bowl 18 years in a row for this whole fucking century? I said fuck a lot today. It's Sorry. okay. We're excited. We're talking right. about film. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to my Sorry, friend, Joe. to my friend Alex Mitchell Hart. He actually has a podcast called Mitchell Shares, and one of the things he talked about was free mentors. Yeah. And he said, "You want to be the next best, whatever." Then find people in that space that you think are excellent and just follow them yes. and write down everything they do. Right. Especially in today's age of social media. Follow them on Twitter. Follow them on Instagram. Read their books. Learn it. You don't have to steal their life. Right. But like, if I was going to be a coach, I'd just watch Belichick. That's all I would do. I'm not trying to watch any of these other guys. No, I know. But I like I've told you before, too, I'm amazed at how many of my friends ask me what it was like to work for Belichick. They hear one answer and they don't want to hear anything else. Because they don't really want to put in the work and know what he does. It's like too overwhelming to them. 
And they, and I'm, I'm amazed by that because I just feel like I would be the exact opposite. I'd be like, wait, so what does on. he do? Let me get What's my pen schedule? and paper. So what does he usually do on a daily basis? And what does he do against three down fronts? And what does he do on the goal line? But I, I, I can't even get like some of my coach friends. They don't even ask me a follow-up question sometimes. And I'm just like, okay, fine. All right, let's go to Raiders offense versus Rams defense. Yeah. A lot of people talking about Derek Carr, so let's start there. Yeah. You have a quote here that says, I do think Carr is locking on receivers a little. Stop babying the ball. Yeah, well, he 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 like has gotten into this like, I'm just going to flick the ball and put it in perfect placement every time. And he is a gifted thrower. I mean, he does have a good hand, and he's a natural thrower. But, like, let's just talk about, like, the first interception, right, with Jared Cook down the right sideline. You remember that one? Yes. The right sideline, the fade route. They're, it's, it's a 13-7 to game, and they're going in to score. And Jared Cook's open by a lot, but he throws these little flick throws, and – Leaves it six yards short, and it becomes intercepted. Now, there's some completions that he does it, and he gets away with it. But I just don't know. It's going to come back to bite him. You can't just throw these. At some point every now and then, you can't always go with timing and rhythm. You've got to, like, give the 100-mile-per-hour fastball. Put put your feet in the ground, take your crow hop, and let it go. And, and I don't see that all the time with him right now. And you wrote this. Right. Does Carr have a fastball anymore? There's no point in a quick release if the ball takes all day. Yes. I just, it's, it's, there's very few times, and I, I, I chalked it up a lot last year because of the back injury. Yes. It makes me question of whether he's gotten in this bad mechanic with it. He throws off his back foot a lot. A lot. And like, you know. This was an MVP candidate two years ago. I know. On a 14 and 2, I know. 12 and 14. And there was still a lot of good for what he did the other night. But where I'm, are you with Derek Carr? Like like right now he's just he's just a middle of the road NFL starting quarterback. Like he's somewhere between 12 and 14, somewhere it, in that. Is it confidence? Is it physical? I mean, I would the physical needs to improve to a degree. And then you know, like the third the uh, the second interception. Yes. Like wrote, second interception, what the f blind loft throw. Maybe wide receiver ran wrong route, but I doubt it. Still don't do it. No, that was I know that play. It was it was 72 scat halfback choice to the left. Jordy Nelson's supposed to run a comeback. The back is running a choice route off of the backs the linebacker's alignment. And, and maybe he went the wrong way. Well, no, he threw it over the back's head <laughs> like he was trying to time out the comeback. He was trying to throw the comeback to Jordy Nelson. That's like what Sam Darnold did on the pick six. I almost. mean, exactly. But he didn't even look. And there was a he guy that look. dropped there. He just looked to the right and came back and said, I think Jordy will be there. That's what? Insane. I mean. Josh, I, I, I really enjoy what Sims wrote for his third interception. He wrote third interception, not his fault, and he got hit in the balls. <laughs> yes. It's a little tidbit I just thought was funny. He threw the pick. He got screwed over by Jared Cook. <laughs> How did he react? How did he, he, hold on, how did he get screwed over by Jared Cook? Jared Cook stopped on a shallow cross route. Okay. So Jared I don't really Cook, want to blame Jared Cook because he played out of his mind. No, he played out of his mind. And he caught that route during the game. That rule right there. They were basically running all-go special, why shallow cross. And he was coming across, and he had green grass, and he gave all the indications that I'm going to continue to run. And at the last second, he decided, oh, wait, should I pull up here? 
and Marcus Peters was chasing him and it just happened to hit him right in the chest and he went to the house and then as after Carr just let it go and Dominican Sue came in and kind of made a dive at him to try to sack him and his right hand went right into his junk and not only did Carr look up to go oh I threw an interception then he went down into the fetal position to grab his balls and I just you know I just those little things that's I find note. funny uh, on watching film that's why you watch the film yeah. I love when you do that but it's not just uh, it's not just our man Derek, who we do like. Yes, and I hope he comes back. Yes, Gruden offense. Yeah, you wrote can't lie. I was expecting a little more imagination with the Raiders offense passing game. A lot of high school option wide, or excuse me, halfback option right. wide receiver choice. Right. Yeah. Just it wasn't as many new concepts and things that I thought we would see from a simple fan perspective. Yeah. It looked like he said, "I'm going to bash with beast mode, and I'm going to go over the top to cook." That felt like the whole offense. It, it, it really, I, it really was to a degree. I mean, he obviously found a little niche for Cook, and Cook is talented. I played with Cook in the Tennessee Titans. He is big, and he can really run, as you saw. Yeah. Um, but there was nothing imaginative to get Amari Cooper involved or a Jordy Nelson involved. Saw some repeat concepts. Hey, maybe we'll see more. It's still early on in the John Gruden era. And yeah, it, there's but a lot we of offense. talked for weeks. I know. He's going to unload the yeah, playbook. he did not. He did not unveil the playbook, and he is not on the level of a Sean McVay or a Kyle Shanahan or Josh McDaniels at this point. No. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid. Andy Reid, right. No, he's not on the all, level of those guys. All find no. ways to get easy touches. Like, yes. I thought that the Sean McVay little dump to Gurley was exactly like the Patrick Mahomes dump to Tyreek Hill. No doubt. Where it's like... Of course, get it to the star and put him on an island and let him get it and not let put pressure go. on your quarterback in the red right. zone. Right. Think about some of the throws Jared Goff missed. I mean, there were some wide open shots down the field that he missed, yes. right? I mean, that's where, like, then McVay just like dialed up. I've through my study and I'm going to be creative and I'm going to have some plays where you're going to go, oh no. I'm not oh, shitting on Jared Goff if I say he played average, right? No, no, he played average. Yeah, it's not. I don't think that's why. You know why? Why does no, everybody know, in no, no, football no, no, have no, no, to be no, no, one of the no, best no. quarterbacks? It's sport? us. I just think people, when we talk about Jared Goff, we always we never say the positivity about Jared Goff. I think that Jared Goff throws a great spiral. Mm-hmm. I thought that he had a good velocity on a lot of his throws, but like. He had eight or nine throws where he either blew a deep ball touchdown, threw it behind Cooper Cup in the end zone, threw it behind like he he wasn't on point. And I'm not going to say that's Jared Goff. I'm going to say it's because he didn't take any snaps in the preseason. I think so too. There's something to that, Jared Goff. But he did look like more in control. Out I there. do agree with that. He was definitely. I didn't see deer in the headlights no less than last year. He's definitely confident in what he does. But I'm also not reading that PR bullshit that Sean McVay's not in his headset anymore. No. I, that I, came out Monday, and I was like, get the hell out of here. He's at the line of scrimmage with 22 seconds left. I, Gruden was in Derek Carr's headset the whole game. They're, they're def- like, listen, I, I don't like that. You know that. And I got on Jared Goff and McVay for that last year because I'm old school. And I want to be like, that's just not that shouldn't be the way it is in football. But if they're going to allow it, then yeah, everybody should do it. I'm right. not. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, if I was playing quarterback, I'd be like, "Hey, John, like, what do you see right yeah, now?" Yeah, just tell me. I'll do whatever you say. Yeah. Oh, okay. You think so? Okay, let's do it. You Especially know? with a guy like Sean McVay, who remembers everything. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I just you know, golf. Golf is good, and he can continue to get good. And I like everything he's doing. And McVay always finds a good way to kind of get him going and easily yes. into the game plan. But we just haven't seen that game yet where. Can he make those four or five plays when everything's not working right and do it himself with some big-time physical ability? Even, oh, go for I it. I was just going to say, Sean can see what's going on from the sideline to still be able to tell Goff yeah. what to do. Yeah. 
But isn't that like if he's standing behind the defense, it's almost like you have an offensive player in the defensive yeah, backfield. You can see more, and it's just like anything. You those, when you do it that much, and you're at practice doing it you every just day. Yeah, because know. think about when we went to training camp. Right, he was just floating around yeah, and, right. on the sideline, kind of looking at everything. Yeah, they're on another, Sean's those guys special. Are on another level. He's right. special. Right. Uh, little stuff on the Rams D. You wrote, it's like the Rams have four defensive tackles who are very athletic, which is a great formula if you have small linebackers, yes. which they. Do. Which they do, yes. But I mean, when they're when your defensive ends are Michael Brockers and Dominique Easley, just like defensive tackles, they're, they're D tackles on every team in the sport except and it's for them. Of, their pass rushers are Sue and Donald I, in the middle, right? And then you know, as the game goes on in certain situations, they all change positions, so it's very neat. What Brockers they got. is the underrated guy there, without a doubt. Always has people been. forget he was a first round pick. I know he's a stud out of LSU, and he's been a stud since the day I he walked not in the know NFL. He went to LSU, which yeah. makes him so much more studly. Right. It always does. Right? And you like Lamarcus Joyner because he talks shit to Marshawn Lynch. I, you know. I feel like when people play Marshawn, they always bow down to like, oh, you're Marshawn, you're beast mode. Yeah. And he tackled him a few times, and he was like, yeah, what? I don't give a damn. I'll see you next play. And That's I just, awesome. I like that style. Uh, a lot of people have the Rams as one of their – you're not doing power rankings this year – as one of their top two, three teams. I got no problem with that. Yeah. I can deal with that. Yeah, the Rams are dangerous. Dangerous. I mean, they are, and they're too talented. I, I, I need to break down the offensive side of the ball a little bit more. I've kind of just skimmed through it. Um but, yeah, there's playmakers all over the field. He's creative as a defensive coordinator. And, you know, McVay, he's, he's the man as well. All right, let us go to – we did uh, Dak Prescott. Let's do Panthers offense. Okay. Uh, because I wanted to know how was Cam Newton and all that stuff. And you, again, wrote down all of the defensive linemen for the Cowboys. Okay, yeah. And later Twice. on, you double-starred. Effing Cowboys got the eye for big bad D lineman. Dorrance Armstrong looks the part of DE and uh, 93. Daniel Ross. Daniel Ross. And then you wrote Pope, a defensive tackle. And then you wrote Pops, a, a Pops. D tackle. And oh. then he, he's the one that forced the fumble on the goal line with McCaffrey. So you do still like the Cowboys D line. And this is Randy Gregory getting a concussion and Daniel Irving not coming back. David Irving not coming back for four weeks. I mean, when, they, when they're when they healthy and they, I mean, yeah, this D line is one of the best in the sport. They're they're going to rival your Eagles this year. Mm. Like that, they're there. They're in that class of the Eagles and the Jags and the Rams. Who I don't even think the Rams have the depth that the, that those two teams have. Yeah, but um, yeah, the Cowboys just got. I mean, when you have Demarcus Lawrence and Taco Charlton on the outside, and then you have a Crawford and Al Woods as your D tackles. You're not even saying Malik Collins. No, Malik Collins is the backup D tackle. Wow, he comes in. Uh, and you got Randy Gregory, like you said, David Irving. Uh, they're just got big freaks all over the field. And let me just wipe around this real quick. You know, is the NFL like changing their their um, protocol? What do you mean? Like I, you know, you hear about relapses with Josh Gordon and Randy Gregory. Yeah, are they finally like waking up and smelling the coffee and going, "It's really stupid that we're ruining people's lives over smoking weed." Like, and why are we banishing them from their support system of the teams and everything like that? I do think the NFL is taking a new approach with this. I mean, I think it shows the Josh Gordon incident with Cleveland. Randy Gregory, there's all these reports out there that has been some sort of a relapse. Yeah. But they're letting him hang around. I actually think the NFL might be taking a progressive approach for the first time in their life. What? What? Good for them. Yeah. I like them to yeah. change. But sorry, I didn't mean to change the subject. You underlined Van Der Esch. We're going to stay on Dallas's defense. Yeah. What do yeah. you think? I mean, he is long and athletic and stands out as a specimen. He didn't play a ton. Okay. Um, 
This is Leighton Van Der Esch, the first-round linebacker out of Boise State exactly for right. Dallas. Right, and um, the he, eventual Sean Lee replacement. Yeah, right. And he came in and spelled Jalen Smith more times than not when he did. I do think he's going to be very good in the pass game. You know my concern with him. It's just pure up physicality. That's what I need to see more of. And he didn't get a whole lot of instances in this game because when he did get in, it was kind of passing situations, things like that. Um, yeah, but but he's got a chance. As far as an athlete, he's going to be a pain in the ass in the pass game. I just need to go, okay, when you're playing Saquon Barkley this week and it's third and two, yeah. are you going to be able to man up in the hole there? You also wrote Byron Jones is going to be a handful for big receivers. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he was... Devin Funchess, negative Ghost Rider. So you're more worried about when speed receivers face him, but like him I'm not versus really worried Alshon, either way. You're giving it to Byron. I mean, I just think he's going to be really tough with those guys. But Byron Jones was one of the stars of the game. He was very impressive. He he is. We've always been impressed, with right? Him. His and he ability to do tight ends or wide receivers. He can right. play safety, right? And he's incredible. They got him in his right position finally because they put him at safety the last two or three years, and that's not what he is. Uh, all right, so now Panthers offense, you love the fact that they ran it early just because of who they were playing with Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you did write a little bit later is that um, they're finally making it easier for Cam. Yeah. Offense for Panthers make it easier for Cam for the first time ever, getting easy completions because defense has to worry about more formations and concepts. Yeah, they've always been somewhat predictable in what they do in formations and their concepts down the field to where – yeah, you know, there's two things. Yeah, there was more variety in the pass game, and that's North Turner. And there was more variety in the run game. And you saw some of the cool run game design plays they had for Cam Newton to start the game, which was very smart because Dallas is like that defense that goes, we only play these two or three defenses. We got a lot of studs, and we're just going to tack the football. Right. And they used their aggressiveness against them with him keeping the ball out of the back door, some of the plays. But, yeah, I just thought – as a whole, it's still not a really overall impressive wide receiver group. For no, especially with Greg Olson being out at least six weeks. Exactly. But they got – there's people open. And the other thing is you could tell Norv's and Cam's ear to go, you don't have to take six hitch steps in the pocket to wait for the 50-yard crossing route to come open. Yeah, you wrote he's not waiting all day for receivers. He is. Which like has he, been his number one thing. It's his number one thing. It's it's one of his greatnesses, but it's one of his, his weaknesses, too. Yeah, he too. stands in there and will take the hit and, because he's looking for Devin Funches on a triple move. Right, exactly. And and he, like, this game was like, oh, like as soon as he dropped back, he got to the top of his draft, he looked, he was like, man, the linebackers are 20 yards down the field. Let me just be smart right now and get it out of my hands and let McCaffrey run after the catch or whoever Ooh. it was. And that was just a part of his game that I haven't seen him do a whole lot of in his career. You're a little concerned about the Panthers' O-line, though, huh? A little bit. I mean, when they lose Darrell Williams. a huge question. Yeah, I mean, Darrell Williams going down, that hurts them. You know, I do think the Moton kid has a chance, but... Uh, yeah, Some the, argue that Moton's better than Daryl Williams. Yeah, I, I mean, he he could be, but now he's going to play left tackle. Moton's playing left tackle now, right? And, and that's then, different. Uh, yeah, that's different. And I can't think of the damn kid's name that's playing right tackle. I'm I'm choking here. Hold on, I got you. I'm going to pull it up anyways. But um, yeah, it, that does concern me. That would concern me a little in the matchup going out into Atlanta on that turf and the speed and all of those things. Uh, Daryl Williams? No, Daryl Williams is the one that got hurt. Yeah, he's the one that got hurt. Uh, I'm gonna show. I'm gonna beat you to it right now. Um, uh, let's see. Where the hell is it? Where the hell is this guy that I don't know? Did I write his number down? Nope. All right, we'll just move on. I can't even think of who the hell it is right now. I'm usually so good at pulling up numbers. Wait, Moton went to left. 
Williams got hurt. Who the hell was this other guy that came in the game? All right, let's watch Lefko coming at the end. It might have been... Save the show. Was it Van Rotten? I think it was 73 Van Rotten. Corey Robinson, 77? No, it wasn't him. I think it was 73 Van Rotten. This is good podcast. Oh, no, no, no. It was... It was... Salatolu. Salatolu. Oh, yeah. Amini, he went to Amini, right tackle. Amini Sorry. Silatolo. Sorry. Sorry, everybody out there. It took me a second. That was awesome. I got a lot of numbers and names in my head. Uh, all right. Uh, now let's... So you talked a little bit about Chiefs Chargers with yeah. your dad, but to further enhance your point about Patrick Mahomes... I know. Mahomes, I didn't even want to bring it up with a dad. I shouldn't have done that. You wrote, Golden Age of Quarterbacks. I have so many favorites. Rodgers is one. Mahomes might be two. He has such a good hand. Man, the Chiefs are so hard yeah. to defend. It's funny. We just talked about the hand, too. But yeah, he is... Um, he can flick it. He is such a gifted thrower on every type of throw. Touch, lasers, you know, sidearm. It just doesn't matter. It's truly special. And, like, you know how we talk about all the time, like, teams that make you defend the whole field? Man, I don't know if there's a team in sports mm. in the NFL right now that you have to defend more of the field with this guy. You wrote, Chiefs don't need to be complicated with 15 at quarterback. I mean, holy fuck is he special. I mean... So some, you're just watching this film and getting more and more blown away. I, I mean, like the one throw my dad was talking about where he rolls to the right and throws a post across his body 55 yards in the air and the post is running a, diagonally away from him to Sammy Watkins... And the ball was on the screws. It was going to drop in his hands. And Derwin James made a great play in catching yes, up and did. diving and knocking the ball down. But that's like like I said with Dad. I, there's only one other guy in the sport that can make that throw, and that's number 12 in Green Bay. Nobody else can do that. It's very special. I mean, like so even just some of like the – he throws a curl route to Tyree Kill one time, and you could tell they're not used to his ball yet. Like Tyree Kill caught it like in self-defense. He was like – I got it. Whew. And he went down. Like it was like self defense because it just stuck on him, stuck up on him so fast. You are worried about the Chargers front seven depth, especially yeah. without Bosa. Yeah. Now remember, Legit suspended. I know. I so know. he's gonna come back. Yes. But that's an issue that you see with that team. I do. I, I still think it's a hair thin for what they want to do. Again, that's the a Seattle scheme type of uh football team that uh, they need to send plethora of defense alignment at you because it's such a high-energy, shoot-the-gap type of defense. And I do I do worry about that. And, yeah, I mean, Lucha, it is four games, right? Is that you said? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's going to be that's gonna be a tough haul before they get to that point. Here we were all preseason talking about how bad the Chiefs' defense looked, and then I'm seeing you write down that Hitchens at linebacker and Raglan at linebacker and Naughty at defensive line are all popping. Do you think this was us under underrating the Chiefs, or do the Chargers maybe have an offensive line issue that we don't? Maybe we overrated them a little bit. No, no, I think the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers ran the ball with decent success, and they protected. And you were impressed with their scheme, but oh, but yeah. the Chiefs' defense, the Chiefs' defensive front seven was just better than what I thought. It just it really was. I I, I you know. D Ford looks like the D Ford I saw coming out of Auburn. You know, he, had, oh. he had a knee injury early in his career, and I feel like this is the first time I saw the same explosion that I remember seeing. Justin Houston's never going to be the guy that had 22 and a half sacks, but at least he's not like running with a gimp in his knee anymore. And our man in the middle, Chris Jones, is a beast to handle. And at the very least, Lefko, like we always talk about, 
they got size, right? I mean, Chris Jones, 6'6", 308. Xavier Williams, 6'2", 309. You know, Jarvis Jenkins, 6'4", 300. Nandi, 6'1", 310. And then Justin Houston's an outside linebacker who's 6'4", 275. Yeah. So there's a little something there. And the middle linebacker plays better than what they had. But they're secondary. Holy... I mean, what you wrote about Orlando Skandrick, you wrote early, I he's a big question mark. He runs with a limp. And then two paragraphs later, you write, Skandrick, dude, no way. Trade a running back or a wide receiver. They got, they got to make a move. Like, they're, it's, just, it's not going to get it done. He's got no chance. I don't mean to be mean to Orlando Skandrick. But there's a reason he's on his third team this season. Exactly. exactly. He was on the Cowboys in Washington. Yes. That's it's really. I mean, scary. What, do you, what do you mean? Like how bad? Like he's not going to be able to cover anybody man to man. Well, I mean, they're, luckily they're not playing a good passing offense. Yeah, week. luckily it's just going to be Antonio Brown with them one on one. Yeah, he's got no chance, and he's been a really good player for a long time. And I don't like saying these ty- kind of things, but his knee is not right. He has no explosion, and he has no top end speed anymore. So he's a guy that wasn't right, but took the Chiefs' money. Unlike you. Yeah. yeah, right, right. They need Eric Berry back because then they can move Eric Murray, who's playing safety there right now, to the other corner at least to help out. Do the Chiefs have a chance to really win the AFC West? I think they do. Wow. That game is at least going to change my opinion wow. a little bit. Wow. I mean, Are it's you gonna, sure? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, the AFC West is still up for grabs, but... But from your notes, you're a little bit unsure about the Chargers O-line, yeah. but you are very impressed with their scheme. Oh, my god! You're very impressed with Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. You wrote the Chargers have the best pass uh, downfield passing design in the NFL. The, I've never seen a team that can find more ways to get 20-yard, 30-yard completions ever. They can do it so many different ways. It's very impressive. But you're worried about some of the guards on the Chargers. You're worried about the depth on the D-line. Yeah. You're seeing holes on them, and the Chiefs... I mean, granted, they looked really good, right? But the Chiefs a lot will depend on their ability to be an explosive offensive football team. They're going to have to play through on that, the, yeah. right? They have to play through that, and then can he be smart consistently through the air? All those throws, twenty-seven throws. Let me just tell you, he had two drops that were phenomenal throws too. But he You're made, talking about Mahomes or Mahomes? Rivers? Mahomes. Mahomes made one stupid play, and he got lucky it didn't get intercepted. Other than that, he was really good, and Rivers was phenomenal. Their past games are not. I worry about Dan Feeney at left guard. Yes. Uh, but they should be having Forrest Lamp come back I soon, I would think right? so, that he's going to be back in the fold here soon. And the other thing I wrote with Rivers is just like, man, he's so awesome, and they're in so many games because of him. But, guys, can he throw himself out of a game? Man, he just <laughs> – I just feel like the last two or three years, at the biggest moment where you go, here they go, they got yes. the game back in control. Oh, he threw the interception. I just kind of feel like that's been his thing, where he brings them back to get them to go, here they come, and then, and then he makes pad that pick. pad pick. They kind of had the momentum and maybe the game swinging back into their... What is the reason? Is that a mental thing? He's just so aggressive. There's so much on him at times because their defense gets off to a bad start, and they are all of a sudden it's 14 nothing. It's like, okay, i gotta start, I got to start pushing the and envelope. you're all revved up and focused. And but he then just, my thing is it, you need him to be that way. You do. But then once the game is back in hand, right. you need him to go back. Right. But he never turns it off he again. He does not. He does not. You're exactly right. Though. That's exactly the, the point. He has to take chances he doesn't really want to take, and then he gets going, and then you want to go, dude, we made it back. We're okay. Chill. Chill. Stop throwing right. the floaters up and relying yeah. on 50-50 yeah. balls. Ron I think we got through all your notes. I think we did it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so let's, before, we're going to make this bet uh, on the Friday podcast on the betting show, but 
Uh, Bengals Ravens. I just want to preview it because this comes out Thursday morning. Don't make your bet or where you're leaning, but let's go Bengals offense, Ravens defense. It'll be interesting. Joe Mixon, it's the first time that the Bengals have had a bell cow running back in the last four years. Usually it's Hill and Giovanni splitting it. Uh, Andy Dalton looked really good, able to find A.J. Green, and I think if you take away the Andy Dalton pick in the beginning and the A.J. Green fumble, that offense was really clicking. Right. Uh, the Ravens defense, a lot of depth. Jimmy Smith is still out. Willie Henry is going to be out of this game. Yeah. Maurice Kennedy is going to be out of this game, too, okay. uh, at the cornerback. But the Ravens, D, it's hard because they just played the Bills. Yeah. But we know what they're capable of. Yeah. Bengals offense, Ravens, D. How do you see that that side of the ball going? Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of this Ravens defense right now, even with Jimmy Smith being out, I think they have enough cover guys because Tavion Young's back in the equation and Anthony Levine's back in the equation. And Tony Jefferson's one of those guys that could do a little bit of everything, can cover even when you got to. So I look at and that. And they held A.J. Green in check the last two times. They, they have. And um, I think the other thing, too, is – you know, the Bengals O-line is still a little bit of a question mark for me. After, okay? okay. Yeah, I'm not going to put too much stock in against them them blocking the Colts, right? Right. Right. So I mean, I know I know you like Kamiko Ture. I do like him, but, but not yes. right away. But this is the Ravens, and they're deep on the D-line, and not necessarily, I'm going to say, in the category of the Jags or the Eagles. No. But, but the Ravens are so deep that when they cut a D-lineman, people put in waivers. Yeah, exactly right. They put in waivers. And, and their, their D-line is so big and so physical that they can just steamroll you at times if you're not careful. So I look at that and go, I'm going to ride with the, the, the Ravens' defense over okay. the Bengals' offense there in that matchup. And maybe maybe John Ross pops one off or something like that. Right, right. Exactly right. If and they maybe find a favor- Tyler Eifert in the red zone. But favorable matchup. I think it's going to be hard for Amy Dalton on Thursday night. I think so, too. And then, you know, the Ravens' so let's offense. Let's go the other side of the ball. Um, Ravens' offense looked really good. Yeah. And and there, there are certain teams that we get to jump on for three to four weeks because people aren't ready to accept it. Yeah. We got three, four weeks of the Saints last year before people realized right. what was good. Right. People are going to go, maybe Joe Flacco is good. Right. We've been telling you for four weeks. Yeah. This is a different Joe Flacco. Yes. He's getting the ball out quick. Right. The offensive line is completely healthy. Right. Fantasy-wise, John Brown, always doing well, looks no good. Doubt. Willie Sneed looks healthy. He right. was not healthy last year for right. the Saints. Remember, right. he was also suspended, suspended three weeks. Suspended right. Crabtree. And the number one tight end right now for the Ravens is his kid, Nick Boyle. Yeah, right. And he's getting more of the targets, and he looks good. Mm-hmm. Offense looks good. Bengals defense. Bengals defense looked pretty good, too. It's real. A lot of athletes, really good pass rushers, really good defensive tackles. Still no Vontez perfect. Secondary, we all know they can match up with anybody. Anybody. None of those Ravens receivers are going to get open. Right. And they got some pretty good safeties, too. They do. Uh, how do you think about the Ravens offense, Bengals defense? And I like to say that typically on a Thursday night game, yeah. the defense at home has an advantage. Right. It just typically pans out that way. It does seem that way. I always think of you when I think Thursday night games because you've beaten my ass on them so many times. Yeah, but it, it took me but... getting losing it. It took me really right. seeing the Bills beat the uh, lose to the Jets in New York. Right. When the Bills were on a run, the Jets stunk. Right. And, and that was the Jets dancing defense game yeah. where I was like, these defensive teams, Ravens beat the Dolphins 40 to nothing in Baltimore. Like, where the hell did defense at home wins on Thursday it, night? It, it does. There's no doubt. And the team that has to travel on that short week, that's a huge disadvantage to them as well. Um, 
I do like this Bengals defense. Uh, their corners, their three corners are, you know, that's that's as good a trio as there is. I mean, it, that's phenomenal. I think still at the end of the day, I think the Ravens O-line is the type of O-line that can handle that D-line and Billings and Atkins from really dis- just disrupting things up the middle. Right. I don't think that the Bengals, they have more of the power rushers on the outside, right? It's not the guys that turn the edge and the Von Millers Dunlap is an overpower. But what right. about Lawson? Lawson? Lawson is too, but Lawson doesn't always start either. So it's yeah. like he comes in maybe... I think he started last week. I think he did start last week uh, because they let go of Michael Johnson there. But He, yeah, he came back. I know he did. I know he did. And... Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm just so high on the Ravens, it's hard for me not to pick them. Ravens and I'm not going to give Bill Lazor's offense a whole lot of credit until no. I see more of Ravens it. started off 2-0 last year. Yeah. Had 10 interceptions right. or something like that in the first two games. Right. So they, they can start off fast. The other thing, how much do you factor this? The Ravens got to sit all their starters in the second half. I know. I think that's a huge big that's Especially a huge with deal. a short week. Huge deal on a short week. It is. And they've been smart all preseason. That's all we heard them talk about is Harbaugh being smart with the older guys. From the start. And they were yes. finally healthy. Right. And they're not. And they, they let them ease into it. Right. And they're big and uh, they're physical. And yeah, I'm, I mean, I think the Ravens are, I'm going to say it. I mean, I think they're one of the best teams in the sport. I really do. I think they're going to be in this to the very end this year. They're the number one team that when I made my pick, I mean, I get a lot of shit for the Cowboys. And man, if I could take back that Cowboys pick right now i would but the ravens are the other one that people want week to, and, one yeah well i mean the cowboys were everything i feared in week one but the ravens are the team that i think people are like the ravens they stink the other thing that i just like to say is randy bullock versus justin tucker sure if we're getting into a field goal batter and it's afc north i got 20 more yards of justin tucker yeah he's definitely gonna win the field goal batter that's for sure is that what I said? Yeah. Right? Didn't he say field goal? Batter? He did. Yeah, Texas guy. Oh, yeah. they always win the batters. You know it. They're, they're batter champs. My thing is, if you watch the show, you saw that my man Allie White picked the Raven, picked the Bengals at home. So I'm gonna be rooting. But when we make our picks tomorrow, I think everyone can kind of see where we're both leaning. Yes. I just know that I don't think either of us are big Thursday night football betters. Just like, all right. Can I just read off some of the size of the people on the Ravens real quick Please. before we go? Okay. Brandon Williams, six one three forty. Michael wow. three. P- hold on. There's not a lot of three forties. There's a lot of three tens. Yeah. Well, there's one right next to him. Okay. Michael Pierce, six four three six foot three forty. Inch shorter, same weight. Oh, that's not. That's healthy. their starting D tackle. Hold on. Six foot three forty. Yes. That's no. why when you go, why can't they get any push up the middle on the Ravens? You want to go because you need a bulldozer to move those two. It's seven. It's over seven hundred pounds of man meat in the middle. Okay, they got guys like Chris Wormley that are DNs that are six five three hundred. Their outside linebackers Judon and Zadarius Smith are both six three six four. 275, okay? Yes. You know, you get into the tackles of Ronnie Stanley, 6'6", 320. Marshall Yonda, 6'3", 305. Alex Lewis, 6'6", 315. Wow. Jermaine Elmanior, 6'4", 330. So we talk all the time yeah. about the, the loss of the 300-pounders in the NFL. Yes. They've all gone to Baltimore, apparently. Yeah, well, because Baltimore has a lot of that New England principle. Where they, they err on size. It goes back to our old saying. Say it, baby. Fast people get slow as the season goes along. Big people don't get smaller. Bam. See ya.
end the show. We out. That was great. Uh, and I just want to say this. We we always on our Wednesday film podcast get a lot of people that go, why didn't you talk about our team? I know. When we do the betting show tomorrow, we're going to get into a lot of the in-depth stuff. The true thing is, is it takes about two to three hours to watch a game on film. And we went through we went through games the biggest ones we could really go through, and we didn't give Washington, Arizona, anything. I know we wanted to get there, yeah, but like it wasn't Miami, a big game. Miami, Tennessee. I know I'm dying to get there, but it's with the season's only been. Over, I mean, the games have only been done for like over 48 hours. There's only so much film I can deep dive. But into. that's why when when we do our picks, we're gonna go deeper. every team. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna go deeper on those teams, right. and we're gonna make sure that we go over because I think when we make our picks, we end up going okay. Let's talk about their D line. Let's talk about their linebackers. Yeah. Let's talk about their secondary, right. but. I'm noticing a lot of people were upset last week. They're like, where did all the podcasts go? Now you're seeing how much we're going to do this season. Yes. Tuesday, recap. Wednesday, show. Please go on YouTube and watch it. Over 450,000 people watched it last week. Bam. We're really proud of it. And you need to see the beginning with Aaron Rodgers. Thursday, Deep dive in the film notebook, Friday betting show, and we need to keep going. Sims went nine and seven in his bets. Nine and seven? Lefko went twelve and four. Damn, how much money are you up on me? Nine I'm up nine hundred and you're I think down eighty. Okay. So okay. Got, I'm almost up a thousand. I feel I got eighty on. My, I, can I buy back to even right now? I got eighty cash. And the bleacher I'll bank is it, open all but day. I don't know if that bank's gonna. He's matter. actually Ooh. taking money out of his pocket. Right I now love that. It's a real thing. Uh, guys, Put hope the you cash away. Hope Look. you enjoyed it. Oh, big buck Sims over there. There he is. Yep, nice wallet there. Uh, to all the homies, we appreciate you. Good luck in your Sims and Lefko football league. By the way, who are we playing? Uh, uh, we won our first match because yeah. Matt Prater couldn't score five points. <laughs> Welcome to Fantasy Sims. It's yeah, big time. Odell Rogers is one and zero. One and zero. How you like that? And uh, coming up this week, I'm loading up our matchup. Uh, we're playing a team named Sims's 236th ranked QB. Is the name of the team we're playing. <laughs> That's awesome. And you're going down. What is this? Blake Bortles' brother that we're playing this week? What is yeah, this? Jake, Jake Bortles. Jake Bortles. All right, four Sims. Peace out, homies. Four Fendrick. Good evening, everybody. And the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. Holla, 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 holla. We will talk to you tomorrow. Be well, be easy, be good. Holla. Jerry Rice. How you doing, pal? I'm doing good. How you doing? Oh, man. It's great hearing your voice, those sultry tones bursting in my eardrums. Hey, that's that uh, country accent. I know. It's really, really good. Uh, Jerry, you're here from Marriott, and we appreciate Marriott. I want to let you know that after having spoken to you a few times and reading about you, the thing I like about you the most is you're a man that has rituals. You, you, you have a routine. Uh, I'm curious, what time did you wake up today? I didn't sleep at all. I didn't sleep at all because I, I knew this moment. It was real special to me to work with uh, Marriott and also uh, the loyalty programs. And I'm looking for my, man, this is crazy because I'm looking for my master class. I can't wait for that, that master class to happen because it's going to be in Atlanta, Georgia on uh, December 17th. It's a punt, pass, and kick. I get a chance to uh, interact with some of the members. I get a chance to take them through a workout. We're going to have a great time. But, That's you know, awesome. you have to go to moments.marriottrewards.com and get all that information. And... You know, it's, a, it's great working with uh, a Marriott. That's awesome. Uh, all right, back to your rituals. Do you eat the same thing every Thursday? No, I do not eat the same thing every Thursday. Okay, <laughs> and what all would right. that be? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I, uh, my, no. 
I feel like you're someone that has perfected your habits. Do you have any bad habits? Of course I do. Like what? I'm not going to tell you. Damn. <laughs> One day. Um, I can't disclose that to you. Go ahead. Okay. Next. All right. Next question. Uh, I'm sure you watch the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I watch them and I go, man, this offensive system, it reminds me of back when you were playing. I just see guys wide open. Does that excite you not only as someone that is a beloved 49er, but just a fan of offensive football? Well, as receivers, we always are open. Mm. But you, you know, I think, with, I think with the Niners now, it's like uh, run pass option. Uh, it's a totally different from the West Coast offense back in the day. But you know, you still got uh, players in position where uh, they can make plays. And uh, it's a passer league now. The ball is more in the air, and uh, it's going to be more opportunities for uh, receivers. Not only is it a passing league, Jerry, these contracts are different than when you played. I'm just going to read this to you, and I want your reaction. This is what Odell got. $95 million, 65 guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that had to do with a lot of guys that paid the way for him. And, you know, because even the money that I made, there was guys before me that, mm. I, that I think. So, uh you know, I think with Odell Beckham, uh, what he brings to the game, uh, he's the – He's a key uh, figure, when, when you think about this, on uh, on that team, the New yeah. York Giants. When you think about the New York Giants, you think about Odell Beckham 100%. and what he does on the football field. So he's the face of that franchise, and, uh, you know, I take my hat off to him. I think the thing with wide receivers is everybody always wants to compare you guys, but I love when there's wide receiving cores where they complement each other. And I'm curious, if I'm building my ultimate roster, Jerry Rice is 100% on one side. Who would you want to be on your other side that you think would complement you well that's maybe playing today? That's playing today? I would say probably Julio Jones or Antonio Brown. Mm. What, what do you think you and Julio would be like? Oh, my God, that. He's about six five, uh, four three, four four, something like that. Just can fly, physical off the line of scrimmage. He reminds me a lot of uh, Terrell Owens, and, yes. and uh, you know he can make plays. So that would be really exciting. And then what would it be like to play with AB? Because now that's a different kind of offense. Yeah, you, you know, a quick guy off the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know that that you know very flashy. Uh, he has this. Uh, he's cocky in a way. But, you know, I think all receivers are like that. But you sure. know that this guy is going to make plays on the opposite side. Then if it's Odell Beckham or something like that, you know uh, the one-handed catch, he, uh, he could run after, uh, after the catch. You know, he could put points on the board. So, you know, just great receivers. We have in our mind's eye the look of a wide receiver, a little long, a long stride. <laughs> and then there's this guy, Tyreek Hill who's half running back, half wide receiver. He runs like a 4-2, but he's not up there at wide receivers. But Sims and I, when we do the show, we go, he's one of the best out there. Yeah, with uh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, how do you you evaluate a guy like that? Because he's not the typical wide receiver. Yeah, he's not the typical guy, but you have to double this guy. He's so fast, and and, and it was during a play, he reminded me a lot of Bo Jackson. I remember Bo Jackson running – down the sidelines, I think it was against the Seattle Seahawks or something yep. like that. And it's like everybody, everyone else, they were standing still. And Hill, he's the same way. He's just as fast. And the uh, team's going to have to start uh, to double this guy and, and try to take him out of the game. Uh, Jerry, is there – who is your second favorite team in the NFL? My if the Niners favorite? are your first. Uh, 
it would have to be uh, the Raiders. It's got to be the Raiders. Yes. Um, a lot of people are coming for Gruden's neck right now, and I know you're going to defend him, and I'd love you to, but people are saying he's crazy. What does Jerry Rice say? No, no. Uh, John Gruden, uh, what he brings to the table, I think the players they have bought in. Uh, yes, they went up against the Rams, and uh, they took one on the chin. Yep. But they're going to bounce back, and uh, they're going to win some games this season. And I think it has a lot to do with uh, John Gruden. So I work with Chris Sims, and he played under Gruden for a long time, and he always he has great stories. And I'm curious, do you have a Gruden story that you think personifies what it's like to play wide receiver for John Gruden? Well, he's he's Chucky. He can he can change on you. He, and he, <laughs> he, he keeps you uh, pretty much on your toes. And, uh, and was there a but, time that that you were the most on your toes? Oh, oh yes, always because you know we had a lot of terminology that we had to uh, sort of. Uh, you know, you had to be able to, uh, with the terminology, be able to line up on a line of scrimmage. So if you missed one word, you wouldn't know where to go. So, mm-hmm. you know, John Gruden and I, we had, yeah, some conversations. Uh, not very nice, but, you know, but I respected him, and I wanted to go out there and uh, play football for that man. I feel like in a weird way, not having nice words might make Gruden like you more. <laughs> You know, I feel like he likes guys that go back and forth I, with him. I, you know, you know, I, I think uh, he wants guys that that's going to go out there and battle week in and week out. You know, not not on Sundays and not on Monday night football. Yeah, uh, doing the games and stuff like that, but also doing practice because that's really going to put them in a position where they know they can win. I feel like, and I'm going to wrap it up here. Everyone has an interaction with Al Davis that they remember fondly. What would yours be? I think the Old Spice uh, cologne or something like that. So you could, how far away could you smell Al Davis? I could smell him the second he walked out of the locker room. Oh, and, and we then. Could be like, we could be 200 yards out there at practice. And it, you're it smelling just, Old Spice smell, cologne. It was the smell in the air. That's that, amazing. We knew that Al Davis, that he was, you know, uh, walking on to uh, the football field. And when he, <laughs> si- when he signed you, did he say anything that you remembered? I think when he signed me, uh, we talked for about 45 minutes to an hour wow. at a location, and he still knew that I had the desire and the yeah. fire to uh, you know, uh, play football. That's awesome. And that's, that's like the vote of confidence, because Al yeah. Davis knew football. People don't realize that. Yeah, he knew football, and, and uh, he would always call me up to his office and, and try to pick my brain. That's awesome. Jerry, you're the man. Again, Marriott Rewards. The date in Atlanta. What is it again? December 17th. Awesome. December 17th. And you get a master class from Jerry Rice. What are you going to teach him? Hand placement, getting off the line? Hand placement, coming off the line of scrimmage. We're going to run. We're going to make them sweat. And like I said, go to uh, moment.marriottrewards.com and get all that information. Teach him how to have those perfect cornrows for a long time. (laughs) I love it. Jerry, you're the man, dude. Have an awesome day. Hey, you too.